0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Network. Network.
1: This is Scorpio Sky, and you are listening to the Keeping It Strong Style Podcast, and it is the best style.
2: This is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts. Keeping it strong, style. Let's go. go. It's the ace of podcast. Keeping it strong, style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Fros. From the Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm to chill and let them have it. Cause this is just an intro. Keeping it strong, style. Six stars from the get go, boy. Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome. This is Keeping It Strong Style with your hosts Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here alongside the young boy Josh Smith On today's show we'll be reviewing Dominion As well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling You can support our show and the network by subscribing on the podcasting app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox.
1: Where do they leave us money? Still working on that. (laughs) Uh, All you gotta do is go to my Cash App. (laughs) My profile name is I don't I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh man. Well this is a very highly anticipated Episode of Keeping a Strong Style. Everybody yeah. wants to hear our thoughts that's and review weird, on Dominion. Idea, Dude, so. it's really weird. Like people like tweeting like out of the blue. Like, when is your Dominion episode dropping? Like, I, uh, I, I can't wait for you
1: guys to review Dominion. Like, it's like when you're with a girl for the first time. The anticipation so high. You hope you live up to expectations. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know. So. <laughs> Oh, man. And all this pressure's not making it any easier <laughs> I don't even know how to transition <laughs> from that. Oh, man. You know what? Like, in all honesty, this is, sh- like, we're reviewing one of the greatest shows that I've ever seen, and I do feel, like, almost inadequate, like, to cover this. I'm like, wow, I hope this show's good. Like, because what we're covering is f- the
2: phenomenal. Incredible, amazing, like... There's not enough adjectives in the world to describe just how great this Dominion show was. Superlative. (laughs) I'm gonna find some other big words to use. Yeah, and you know, we watched Dominion Saturday afternoon with our social suplex uh, colleague, Rich Latta,
1: and man, what an experience. So there's been this thing. I'll I'll just start off with this. Okay, we're gonna cover the show, but every year I know this isn't a WWE show, but every year I've hung out. I've been hanging out with Rich and James since I don't know when twenty twelve basically. So how many how many WrestleManias are that six? Yeah, every year we watch WrestleMania, and like the WrestleMania starts off really good. And, we're, oh, and then like the next match really good and the next match really good and we're always like oh man we're like we're on pace right now to see one of the greatest shows of all time and we've done it like it doesn't without fail we do it every single time like we are on pace and then something happens and it's like That show sucked, (laughs) (laughs) and um, I think we've had a few moments watching New Japan together where we've legit been like, man, that was. I mean, like I know, like we debate all the time which Wrestle Kingdom you know is better than what other Wrestle Kingdom. We do it all the time, but I mean, this was from the pacing, the timing, the the build. I don't know, man. I think this is the best... This is the best wrestling show I've ever seen live. I mean... Well, not live, live. But, But like... Watching. Watching virtually live. This is the best wrestling show I've ever seen. And maybe the best of all time. I have to agree with you, man. I mean, from bottom to
2: top, this card... Was so well booked When you started from the junior tag title match And every match from there just got better And better and better and better It just kept building to this final crescendo Of the uh, Heavyweight title
1: main event Yeah, everything had Significance, everything had meaning Everything was entertaining Um, Even when there was some booking decisions that I might not have necessarily agreed with. I mean, who agrees with every booking decision that a booker makes? But um, they were all logical. They all made sense. They were uh, compelling. And then there was surprises and shocks and tons of title changes. It was an amazing roller coaster ride. Yeah. And it just kept going and going and going. And by the time we got to like the six-man tag, I was like, I looked at Rich as like on pace. We are literally, we've literally been on pace to watch the greatest wrestling show of all time, and unless like one of these three main events like ruins it, which we knew that they weren't, they weren't. <laughs> um, I was like, it's it's already done. It's already done. Deal. And then we saw what many people are calling the greatest wrestling match of all time, atop one of the greatest wrestling cards of all time. Like it is just literally. Incredible Incredible Yeah
2: I mean for the longest time For me My favorite match Has been uh, Shawn Michaels Versus Bret Hart The Iron Man match Boo But dude (laughs) This
1: Okada Omega match I mean this is my new Favorite match Of all time Just now I mean it took I, it took that many what what, twenty two years for something to knock that out of its spot? You know, see, for me I try not to compare like odd
2: oh, matches from like time periods and like obviously What happened with Shawn and Brett? that was a completely different time period to the stuff that's been happening, you know, the last 10 years, and I've never really stopped to compare, but, you know, I'm a big Shawn Michaels mark. Shawn Michaels has always been my favorite wrestler of all time since I was four years old, since I've been watching wrestling. But, you know, I've never stopped to really compare to see if I have another favorite match, but this Okada Omega match just, you know, blew me away. Yeah. Like...
1: Yeah, it was really, 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 really incredible, and this show is just incredible. Uh, that's pretty much all you guys need to know. I'm, I'm sure you've already seen the show, so that's it. That's it. Thank you for listening <laughs> to the keynote. <laughs> no, but for real, we we got done watching this show and we, like, sat in like awe for a good while, Yeah, we, we, don't didn't, we, didn't, really we didn't even do. know what to do. We, didn't, we don't ever do that. Like, yeah. for real. And I was like, well, what do we do now? And, like, Rich was like, it's over. <laughs> We've seen it. We it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, We've let's, seen let's, let's, it. Let's stop watching it's wrestling. Like, we need to stop now. <laughs> it's it's already accomplished. Everything we always wanted to see. It's already been seen. That's it. But in all honesty, that's how I felt for like a good portion of the day. I was like, man, what are, what are we doing? It's they've. How can anyone ever top this? And then I went to Tampa Bay Pro the next day. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was this was just. Man, let's let's start it off, man. Yeah. So, well,
2: first of all, before the match started, we had an opening promo. Oh video. my god!
1: Another reason why this is one of the greatest shows of all time, dude. Harold <laughs> Mai. Present. Oh yeah, he doesn't. We we've been calling him Mage for a long time. I'm sure we're not the only one. So, listeners, we apologize. We didn't know how to pronounce his name. His name is Harold Mai. Harold Mai. Is it May? May or Mai. I've been hearing both. Oh, we need to go back and watch that. Watch again. I think it's Mai. Mai.
2: Right. Um, I'm, we're going with May for this episode. Um, yeah, opening a video of uh, Harold Mai um, answering the
1: phone call. That cinematography was so great. Dude, it felt like an like, opening cutscene of of like, a video game or something. It reminded me of like some of like. I, don't, I know, like, you didn't used to watch Pride, but, like, Pride used to do stuff like this, and it was, like, stuff that's, like, these opening, like, montages where you're, like... This is so cool, but why are they doing this? Right. Only in Japan would this ever happen.
2: Well, at first I didn't even understand what was what was happening. I didn't either, and until we saw like, the phone call come in.
1: Once they started really doing like building it up and, and all that, and we realized what it was, I like looked over to you guys and I was like, they just did more favors for Harold Mai than like any other wrestler in the Dude, company. They <laughs> put Harold Mai over huge. They put him over so big. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt like I felt like they brought in like a WWE superstar like a Brock Lesnar yeah. like a, a Goldberg He's or something He's here. He's here. <laughs> Harold <Herald>, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's what I felt like, dude. I was yeah. like, "Who is this?" Yeah, and I like, Bone Soldier just got an infographic for like a month. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so he's he's coming. Yeah, and then Harold Mai's getting like oh a God. freaking like five star cinema. Mile, like, yeah, like Rotten Tomatoes would have given that like ninety nine percent. Like that was great.
2: So yeah, they showed that video and then they cut to the arena. And this man, Harold Meyer, comes running down the ramp like he's ultimate warrior. Oh my
1: god, we were like, what a mark! <laughs> <laughs> we we're like, Harold's a mark. <laughs> and then, like we watched him running out, I don't mean to like Shame anybody for their enthusiasm and stuff, but it's just so. Funny. It was just like, hilarious. Like what president, this, this, what president of what company have you ever seen like running the aisle to make it to the ring? Like you know that was a lifelong dream. For yeah, him. dude, he's but he well, he know
2: he says he loves wrestling. He's been watching wrestling for such a long time. I just thought
1: he was gonna get in and shake the ropes and like take a take a bump. <laughs>
2: Oh my god!
1: I literally thought like he was gonna like do like the Ric Flair old man flop, like just a couple steps forward, fall or, over, like, take his jacket off, elbow drop it, yeah, knee, knee drop it, yeah. Um, like I, I was like, dude, this guy is amped up. Like okay, yeah. yeah. I thought they were gonna cut a promo and like do an angle, <laughs> <laughs> or or you know he was gonna talk for twenty minutes to start the show off. Like <laughs> other companies that I know about, well he, he did talk for a little, a bit. a little bit. Yeah, spoke in Japanese first and then in English How dare he <laughs> Talking about international expansion And he speaks in their native language How dare he uh,
2: So yeah, so pretty much just kind of Introducing himself to the fans And kind of just, you know Explaining a little bit about his vision of New Japan And kind of what he's been already been saying And, you know, he wants to make this a like global company And pretty much, um, this Harold my promo pretty much set the tone of the night of what we would see as far as this whole global expansion. And it's a new, kind of a new beginning.
1: Yeah, what I liked most about it and the thing that stuck out the most to me and really felt beneficial was him saying what his name was. (laughs) Because I didn't know what it was before. And I was like, we got to figure this crap out. We're still possibly saying it wrong. I liked when he was like, some people call me President Harold, Harold. but I prefer to be called, called president. president My. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, but either one works. <laughs> like, he, like, started to be tough, and then he took it back. He's like, but you can do either, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter that much. Uh, but, yeah. No, it was cool. Um, I don't know. I still don't know what to really... You're right. Thematically, it fit the night, and it was cool. I liked that... Uh, What's the, who's the other guy? That came out Sakabuchi is that his name. I always forget. Uh, yeah, I think so. He's the one of the chairman. of uh, wrote. He came out and he brought out the tracksuit. And I was like, where I get, where I cut one of those tracksuits, <laughs> <laughs> trying trying to trying to look like a young boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, Harold, Harold Mai has the tracksuit on, and thematically it was cool. You know, basically just like it felt fresh, like a fresh changing of the guard. I do question why we had to see, like, the whole movie cinema thing. Like, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to do that, do it for some, a wrestler. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, that seemed like a lot of money. Like, that was an excessive way to to, to bring out your president. I know Jack Tunney would have never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I hold every president and CEO of companies. Like, I hold them up to Jack, Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney. Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs>
1: Uh, Criticize WWF all you want, but Jack Tunney was a a darn good commissioner, president, yeah. slash president, whatever he was. Guy was great. It's the best. <laughs> but let's yeah. So then uh, that that they, they said all right. After he made his announcements, the show will be beginning. We fast forward it. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, because they had that like dead space in there. But yeah, so they
2: opened up the show With the IWGP Junior Tag title match The champions, Desperado and Kanamaru Taking on Rapungi 3K, Show and Yo Of course, they were accompanied by our good friend, Rocky Romero <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I don't know why that's still
2: so funny to me uh, This is dumb <laughs> And this was a good opening match Um... I thought so Desperado and Kanemaru end up retaining At 9 minutes and 50 seconds With a little uh, Dirty Suzuki gun action As usual But yeah I mean This was a fun Good opening match Like I said It was just shy of 10 minutes It was just like A nice little quick opener To kind of get you excited um, All four of these guys Had pretty good tournament uh, Matches in the best Of the Super Junior tournament
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um so, I mean, you know, this kind of goes back for a while. Um, what Road to show was it when we first saw these guys square off? Um, it's been a while. It was after Wrestle Kingdom, right? It was after New Beginning. Yeah. Because remember, they beat the Young Bucks to win the belts back, right? Right, yes. And when was that? That was New Beginning? Yeah. So, Road to the Anniversary or Road to. What 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 came after that? Uh, I'm blanking right now, but it was some. It was like in the first quarter. Yeah. Of the so year. basically, they they did a, um, you know, Kanemaru and Desperado had pointed to the belts. Basically, said we want the titles. They ended up having a non-title match on a road to show where they ex they cheated and exploited uh, either Sho or Yosendry. I, I don't remember who it was. That was uh, I believe it was Show. Probably Show. Yeah. And. Um, ended up utilizing, what are they, like a Boston Crab or something like that. I'm kind of fuzzy on the details, but basically they set up a a match for them later on, and then instead of getting that match, we ended up with a triple threat tag team title match with them and um, um, Hiromu and Bushi. Yeah, the LIJ juniors, which we were kind of critical of. We're talking. What was that? March? Yeah, some around that time. So we're talking about three to four months that we've literally been building to just the one-on-one match, return match between these guys. Because since that time, uh, when Desperado and Canamar won the belts, they won it in a uh, three-way tag. Then they defended it again in a three-way tag. Then they defended it against Lij, and then you know, Show and Yo were stuck for a whole sh- like tour. In a six man tags, Azuka and yeah. and uh, Taka and all these Suzuki Goon guys. Yeah, and then Best of Super Juniors came. So I mean, we've been waiting a long time for this. So we finally got here. And I will say this: I thought that this was very. That was good. <laughs> I thought it was the best um, match between these two teams that we've seen so far. But I don't think, A, it was the best match that these two teams have in them, and B, um, I was very surprised by the decision not to put the titles back on Roppongi 3K. I was surprised, too. I think last
2: on last week's episode, both of us were pretty confident that they were going to put the belts back on Roppongi 3K. Yeah. Show and Yo had great um, moments in the tournament, thought it'd be a great chance to get the, the belts back on them and kind of make them, get them back in that ace of the junior tag division kind of role, but that was not the case here um they're keeping the belts on kanemaru and desperado and kind of billing those guys to be the top champions in this division
1: yeah i mean it is one of those things where when titles change in new japan you usually can see why and for for you know what i mean like it's not too often that there's a title change and it's like you know insignificant or you don't you don't really see the point. But with this, I kind of just don't really see the point, to be honest with right. you. I to, I Maybe I'm short-sighted. Like, I'm not necessarily a booker, so I'm not openly criticizing. I'm just saying I don't understand with the progression of this past year why why it's benefiting uh, Suzuki going to continue to hold these straps. Right, and you think about, it, like, what's next? Like, so they
2: beat Rapungi 3K, like... There are, there are no really other teams on deck Like Hiromu's now the junior champion Like They're not prob- they're probably not going to do him and Bushi again And I know on uh, Promo that Desperado was mentioning Something about the Motor City
1: machine guns That would uh, be cool So that's a possibility Well bring- no it's not Why? We'll get to it but uh, someone's injured Oh yes, yeah, so that's probably not going to happen. Okay,
2: so yeah, I don't, I don't know what other. I mean, I can't even think of other junior teams and other indies, really, that are hot that New Japan could possibly bring in. Bring in the Super Smash
1: Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them is not the junior. <laughs> we'll just say it's a junior. <laughs> they called Taiichi a junior for years. Yeah. Uh, what's but, that uh, player? Uh, player Uno. Uno player Uno, Evil Uno. Evil Uno. Yeah. yeah. He could be a junior he's kind of small <laughs> nah he's too big but yeah i don't know man um i just that that's the one thing that's the only thing i question about it is i would like to see the junior tag division to be shown more prominently and desperado kind of winning it would be great if it's if it is a situation like you've got a heel tag team you've got these baby face champions that are chasing but they just they beat the two face teams and who, who's left Right, and it, like it, I just don't know where it's going. We got yeah at several le- shows coming um, up. Yeah, at, le- at least things Like, three K had one here. I mean, got a rematch there. But they might get a rematch, and if right. they do, it's like, well, why didn't you just switch the belts? But I mean, for whatever reason, they decided. Um, one other criticism I had with this match. Didn't they do like four ref bumps in this match, um, or like slash, slash distractions? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if
2: they're all bumps, but there are definitely distractions, and uh they did a lot of it, which is yeah.
1: fine. And show it, showing it up getting hit with the the whiskey bottle, and then uh beat. But you know, I just I was just surprised to be honest with you. Yeah,
2: same here. Again, good opener, and we'll see what's down the road for both of these teams. We'll,
1: I, I like that Roppongi 3K now that they're part of a team together once i mean they were never apart but after they've gone on their singles runs their uh their gear reflects their singles gear yeah kind of like the personas that they took on in the tournament they've kind of molt like meshed that back in with their uh tag personas yeah and it's kind of like a nod and a wink to that which is i think it's kind of cool because they're kind of maintaining their identities and Growing as as characters, but still being Roppongi 3K. What uh, I know that they've said in the past that like Rocky Romero's not their coach anymore. He's like their like equal. Yeah, but why does he come out to ring with them if he's not gonna do anything? Like, where was he during this match? yeah usually in the previous matches Rocky's like front and
2: center and like coaching and then he got
1: back on commentary at the end and was was like and said like talk junk about uh, Suzuki and I was like where were you (laughs) like he didn't get on the ramp again like he wasn't at ringside but then he just randomly showed up so I don't know it was weird yeah if he's not gonna be part of the act like why is he part of the act yeah like, did he get a payday for that? I guess we'll, we'll ask him and we, uh, when we see him. When we talk to him, he be like, yo, you get paid for that? Finesser of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Finesser of the year. Oh, man. Dude's not even having to, like, do anything. He just comes out. Shoots his little. Shoots, shoots the cloud or whatever. Yeah. And makes paper, you know? <laughs> Alright,
2: so uh, moving on to the next match We had the flamboyant Juice Robinson and David Finley Taking on Switchblade, Jay White, and Yoshihashi Another good tag match Um, This match was all about setting up Juice against Jay White For the Cow Palace Um... Jay, uh, Juice Robinson hit the pulp friction on Jay White. They got the win seven minutes and thirty five seconds.
1: What do you think about this one? Um, it was it was okay. Uh, it was not bad at all. I mean, it it did its job. The whole idea here is building up Yoshihashi and uh and Dave Finlay for the feud that they're about to have with one another, which is going to be just <laughs> it's just gonna draw. It's just white hot. Super super heat. Put all the asses in the seats. That's going to be a big draw, brother. <laughs> no, it it did, it did its job. The the whole point was to build up Juice and Jay, which you know we'll get to later. Which we've been kind of hypothesizing. We kind of thought maybe we'd see a title defense on this card. Um, there was criticism about you know the lack of a U.S. title defense. What did you? What were your thoughts about that? Well.
2: Uh, I kind of understand them wanting to save the U.S. title match for um, G1 Special, but at the same time, um, pretty much all the title, all the singles titles were defended at Dominion. So it does kind of look like the U.S. title is kind of a step below all those singles titles. I mean, they could have done two defenses. He could have defended here in Cow Palace.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean you're right. I think the the problem is they were building towards something and it was like if you give it away here, then you have nothing left for right. for the other card. Right. Which isn't necessarily I'm not criticizing New Japan necessarily. But I I don't know. I, I would say like I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, you know that this guy has had a title reign that's been so Inconsequential to a certain degree that Like you can't just throw someone in there With him you know a few weeks later And have it mean anything right I mean they, a build. they have been building this Juice thing for a while Now right right so I mean it's pro- It probably was the right call if you're going To save that for the other show And if like we think We both I think we both think Juice is getting His title win it makes sense to do it You know at the G1 Special in USA show But with that being said um, I don't know. it it's not necessarily a great look that you got Jay White not defending his belt. you know, I've we've heard it time and time again like look at where the belt was a year ago. look at where, where it is, is now. now. yeah. and I mean like it is it is hard to compare the compare the guy and be like, oh, be Kenny Omega. you can't really be Kenny Omega, obviously, right. but at the same time, it hasn't been great yeah it's
2: it's been lackluster
1: especially since like we've seen less of the promos and less of the teases and what we yeah, thought like, there's just been char- a, like a less emphasis on his character altogether really he just kind of turned into like another guy. chaos guy except for like the bad the, the negative aspects of his character are highlighted you know what I mean like, they're not accentuating necessarily the positives when it comes to Jay White right now, which is unfortunate. And But that's not to say they haven't given the guy opportunities. Yeah. They've given him a lot of opportunities. Yeah. So it's it's not like it's all... We've said this from the beginning. In New Japan, it's sink or swim. And I, think, uh, I think... I think he's sinking. Po- yeah, probably to some degree. I don't think it's like a total loss or anything like that. And I think they still have plans for the guy, but... I don't think that this was memorable like i'm not i mean what what the 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 only jay white match from this past year that well i did like his first match with uh dave finley but only in a like a novel way right not in a like this is a great 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 you know the only match of his this past year that i saw that i I thought was very good was the omega match yeah and that had a lot of problems for me still it it was like a flawed match even for Kenny. Yeah,
2: so uh Jay White's got some work to do definitely. So we'll talk more about that US title match in the news. Um, so next up we had the We
1: can go over the finish.
2: Yeah, I said uh Juice uh pinned to Jay White
1: with Pulp Friction. Oh gotcha. Seven minutes thirty five seconds in. So Juice is getting a title shot. Dave Finley gets a win in, in Osaka Joe Hall and uh Jay White, you know they set up the title defense and Yoshihashi takes a loss just like he should. So <laughs> it's, it's all good from here. I mean, when we talk about being on track for a great show, it start, it starts with Yoshihashi losing. Okay.
2: Oh man. <laughs> so next up we had the uh pro British tag champions, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Taking on Toru Yano and Tomohiro Ishii. And this was another good match The best part of this match
0: were Oh, the I was inter- very
2: excited for this match The interactions between uh, Ishii and Suzuki And man, they were just killing each other With strikes
1: and slaps and forearms Dude, we've been clamoring for a Suzuki and Ishii match Since December yeah, since like Wrestle Kingdom when we were like why is it Goto? Why can't it be Ishii? Easy. Yeah. Well, we're finally finally getting it and it starts here. And yeah, we we saw we actually saw these was it these exact two teams that wrestled during the uh the um Strong Style evolved event in Long Beach, I believe. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um this they ran it back and it was I like this match better than the than that one and that one was really good
2: yeah and again another quick match eight minutes and fifty seconds still very good and it was a very um, innovative finish with uh, I love the finish Yano goes for a low blow on Saber Saber blocks it and uh, gets him in a submission hole so that's that's the gentleman Jim breaks armbar yeah. And uh, Suzuki, Suzuki cut off Ishii, and Zach taps out Yano.
1: Yeah, i mar- I marked out for that Jim Breaks armbar. Like, I, I love that. And when he caught him, I didn't see it. The camera work, there was a lot of times during the show, did you notice where the cameras were missing stuff? Yeah. Which kind of bothered me, but in this case, they didn't miss anything. They got it perfectly. Like, like you saw him, it looked like he got hit with the low blow, and I just figured, oh, Yano's blow, gonna low win. Blow, Yeah, one, one, two, three, roll up, because Yano could beat anybody with that move. <laughs> Not so... He caught it and then the camera spins around, and next thing you know, like, you're like, oh crap, he caught this thing. Saber got him and stretched him. He caught it like Mr. Miyagi with some (laughs) chopsticks and and a fly flying around the room. It was amazing. Man, that guy's got (sighs) freaking reflexes of iron. I don't know. Yeah.
2: And uh, then post match, um, Suzuki and Ishii continued the brawl all throughout the arena and uh, to the back. Mm-hmm. And uh, we learn, and we'll talk about this in the news later, but this was setting up um, a British title match at the strong-styled UK show between Ishii and Suzuki.
1: Yeah, I this match just really delivered for me on on a lot of levels. You know, there's not a lot on the show that you would call comedy. So with Toriano you get the comedy, mm-hmm. you get the, the, the hard-hitting action between Ishii and Suzuki. And, uh, uh, Minoru Suzuki which was great and then you know the, the technical stuff with Zack and then just the mix of all these different styles just I really really like this I yeah. thought it was good it was a fun fun match did we cover the brawl afterwards yeah I so said that
2: they were brawling around the arena brawling. that brawl was awesome I know you know I was waiting for like random points of the show for them just like cut to the back and like
1: <laughs> and they're still brawling yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be sick <laughs> oh, can control of these guys so then, um, that brings us to the next match, which was the never open weight title match with uh, Hiroki Goto, the champion, defending against our Lord and Savior Taichi. Not,
2: <laughs> not my Lord and Savior.
1: <laughs> and uh, uh, what'd you call Medium? Medium Mike El- Elgin? Yeah. I can't really call him Big Mike Elgin anymore. Not, not so big Mike Elgin? I don't know. Shrunk Elgin? Yeah. Like, ripped Elgin? Like, because he was in fantastic shape. Like, yeah. this guy, he's been doing keto or something. Yeah, I think he's on a lot oh, of- Oh, crap. That is what he's doing, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. A lot of wrestlers. I forgot that you told me that that's what it was. I was making a joke. (laughs) I'm still not even really sure what keto is. I just it's a buzzword, so I think it's funny to say. Uh, What it's a diet. It's a diet. A lot of wrestlers have been doing it lately and getting a lot of great results.
2: Obviously, you see Elgin; he lost 40 pounds. Um, Looks in great, phenomenal shape. He had a new gear.
1: That was the giveaway
2: Yeah as soon,
1: the, 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 as soon as you saw The new gear I was like oh
2: uh, Elgin 20 t- Uh Okay Like Godos Were in the same old Godo stuff Tai Chi's Were in the same old Tai Chi Like oh but Elgin Yeah He's got that like World's greatest tag team Slash
1: Kurt Angle Like Yeah Design Shorts on Yeah he looked like Shelton Benjamin Circa 2005 Getting ready for a raw Like a raw run Yeah Getting ready to beat Triple H in the main event <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Actually, I've seen go to like bust out new gear and still lose. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, yeah, okay. But um, yeah, Elgin it was in great shape, and this match was much better than I thought
2: it was going to be. Dude, it succeeded, uh, exceeded my expectations. Obviously, I wasn't really expecting much of this match. Um, not that I think it was going to be horrible I just thought it would just be like another It's a match on the card And um, these guys went out and had a really good match Elgin was high flying Yeah He He's was doing planchas and Tope suicidas and crap and, You know, Tai Chi had his role in this match He was, you know, the heel that Was kind of picking his spots And was trying to like steal the belt from underneath Both these guys You and, know what my favorite part was? What? When he,
1: when he rolled Miho Abe into the ring <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, it looked like she wasn't down with that. She did not
1: <laughs> want to be rolled into the ring, bro. It was so funny. Like, uh, if 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 you're not, like, I don't know, that probably makes me sound, like, sexist. Only in a purely wrestling, like, centric way. Not in an actual, like, I want Miho Abe to get hurt or something to be done against her will. God, guys, I can feel the judgment. Like, Coming through, I can feel it from our listeners. Dude. They're not even hearing it in real time, but I can feel it. <laughs> just want to preface, I love their that. strong style senses like tingling. Yeah, like. no, but I just, I thought it was a genuinely funny part of the match because like her face, she didn't want to be rolled in, and he's just like, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tried to he tried to use that as a spot to like hit them with the mic stand, and it didn't even it work again. at all. <laughs> Oh man! So I liked that a lot. Like that's just one example of why Taiichi is so great. Yeah, dude. He yeah he fit in this match perfectly, and of course it's always great to see Miho Abe out there. They were they were doing some really like awesome high spots. There was the one spot where uh, Elgin did the like jump from behind like uh, corner power bomb like the Tower of Doom spot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Really, really good stuff. He just buckle bombing people like he put in a, a performance because he knew he's going over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the finish came to uh, Elgin. He buckle bombed. Um, was it Goto that he buckle bombed into Tai Chi, or he had kicked Goto
1: and then uh, Elgin? Yeah, he buckle bombed Goto. Yep. It, into Tai Chi. Or something or, like that. Yeah. Oh no, this I, show is so long. There's so much stuff that happened.
2: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he buckle bombs one of them into the corner and he then he hit the elgin bomb on Tai Chi. I think he buckle bombed Tai Chi into El- into Goto and then he hit the Elgin bomb onto Tai Chi and got the
1: one. That is exactly what happened because remember he didn't pin, pin Goto, Goto
2: which was part of the story. Yeah, which sets up the rematch uh for one of the Kazuna Road shows So what did you think about this Title win and title change here? So I was expecting A title change but I thought Tai Chi was gonna win it just because that's right you predicted that. I, I I went with Tai Chi just because you know he's they just moved into the heavyweight division and it seemed like they were
1: kind of, it seemed to kind of be pushing him here and there. I liked his uh his promos about taking out on the juniors
2: and because of that I was like oh maybe that's like the new gimmick they're gonna run like Tai Chi's gonna win this thing and he's gonna, like gonna start like picking off like the juniors it's just,
1: it's one of those things though with New Japan because there's not so much uh scripting and things like that plus no one knows. From, from all accounts, from what all the wrestlers say and, every like, all the credible sources, mo- the wrestlers don't know till they get there, really, who's actually going over. Right, yeah. So they just try to—they try their best to utilize their character to cut promos that they think will be beneficial, but they don't ever know if it's going to pay out, you right. know? So, like, Chi being like, I'm going to start wrestling juniors, like, that's him just trying to— throw out like a story. Yeah, give something to himself. Yeah. You know how they say creative has nothing for you? He's trying to give something for creative. Yeah. But and you see a lot of guys do this sort of thing. They try but a lot of these backstage promos as entertaining as they are and stuff, they don't always indicate what's actually going to happen, which is kind of a nice like little wrinkle cuz it's not always easy to predict. Like, you know, other other promotions where it's all scripted. Everything is leading to something which, you know, some people like it that way, but it's more complex in New Japan. These guys are playing out their characters and you know, Taichi's a scumbag. <laughs> like, he doesn't want to defend against Goto. Exactly or Elgin. Exactly, right. He wants to defend he against... Wants to, he wants to take on Taguchi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Tiger Mask. And Tiger Mask. <laughs> the Tiger Mask 4. Yeah. Like, that's who he wants to beat for the belt. Like, that's that's his whole thing. So, it's great. Now, yeah. we, we've been talking about Elgin, you know, since the beginning of the year. Um, I think we talked about how last year he just had so many phenomenal performances. But from a story standpoint... You know, like, he had a lot of losses. He didn't seem to be in that prominent position. He's not the guy that had held the IC title just right. two years ago. All right.
2: And then, you know, coming into the New Japan Cup, he gets a big win over Ishii. And we thought, you know, we're in line for this huge Michael Elgin push. and
1: Stop. Yeah. Yeah, and that was it. And then, like, we, he hasn't really done much. And then he just then. went right back into multi man matches. Which they're, they're, and again, they're great at doing the stop and, and then the push and all that. I don't know. I don't know if this will be a long title reign or anything like that, but I don't feel like it's a bad. A bad guy to put it on. Oh, no. I think Elgin's a great fit for the Never Title. Goto Godo wasn't, like, setting the world ablaze with this belt. Right. You know what I mean? I think it was good. I mean, it kind of, like, Goto's run kind of got stale. I don't okay. think he had a single good title offense, except for th- this is the best title offense. Yeah. The whole, the whole run.
2: Yeah. And so it's, I think it's good to freshen
1: things up. I think Elgin could have a lot of good matches with people. Elgin's, Elgin's fantastic. I yeah. mean, say what you want about the guy, and uh, there's a lot to say about him, but, you know, aside from his extracurriculars and even some of the criticisms people have had about his in-ring, like, the guy can wrestle. Yeah. He he, can, he just flat out can wrestle. And, I mean, he looked really impressive. He looks um, motivated right now. Yeah. He's got the strap. You know, he's got the gold. Give him the gold. And, uh... Let's, see what, it Let's see what he does with it. Let's see what he does with it. Yeah. I mean he's got the he's got the Antonio Inoki strong style world championship now. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna start chopping the crap out of everybody, dropping people on their heads. Like, that's what he does. So yeah. I, I was I was uh <laughs> what's that meme that you guys <laughs> um What is it, disappointed or... Oh, disappointed but not surprised. Yeah, disappointed but not... No, I wasn't disappointed, but I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, But I I was, you know, surprisingly, you know... Pleasantly
2: surprised. Pleasantly surprised, yeah. Yeah. same here. So next, we started going into pretty much the top of the card, the... The meat and potatoes, if you will. yeah. Started sizzling right here. We had the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team title match... The champions, Evil and Sonata Defending against the Young Bucks um, And As we've learned You know, I learned, I didn't know this Because I hadn't been watching New Japan as much as you have This was actually the Young Bucks Second time challenging for the heavyweight tag titles They challenged the Briscoes Previously But for years and years The Young Bucks have Kind of been, you know, petitioning To get into the heavyweight tag division and to be a constant um, challengers for the IWGP heavyweight tag titles and so this was a big moment for them to finally um, you know, they're in the heavyweight division and be getting this tag title match on a big show, this was a big deal for them
1: Yeah, I think part of the the deal is, you know, they did have a title shot it previously but it was on one of those destruction shows first of all, you know, those aren't big right. cards Second off, they they were pretty much told ahead of time, you're not leaving the junior division. So they knew that even if they did win, it didn't really signal any major change. And then B, they weren't going to win. Right.
2: So, and, I mean, it, and they were facing the Briscoes who which they face all the time in Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, it's one of those things where that was like a, a nice little superlative, a little, you know, you know, that-a-boy sort of thing. But it wasn't anything where it was like, here you guys go. You've arrived. You're you're here, and that's what this match was. Yeah. It's like the big bucks are here. They're here to stay. Like, and they're forced to be reckoned with in this heavyweight tag division. Which, I'm, I I love it, man. I yeah. love it.
2: I mean, this is the shot in the arm that this tag division really needed, especially losing, uh, you know, uh, War Machine. Yeah, and you know we don't we don't have like Elgin and Cobb and a full time team like there haven't been like pretty much any really stand out even like Gorillas of Destiny have kind of like faded away. Yeah, I don't know what they've been doing
1: this year. They've been on the back burner or, or something. Yeah, so there really hasn't been any stand out teams besides the main like, standout team this year was like Chase and uh, Kota Bushi, <laughs> <laughs> the the golden the golden
2: jewels. Yeah, they're,
1: they're fantastic.
2: Yeah, they, they, should, they should have gotten a tag title shot.
1: They probably will. but uh, Like, next.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, Evil and Sonata and pretty much Killer Elite Squad have been, like, as far as in the championship picture, the main
1: two teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then, you know, you've had Toriano and um, Ishii, Ishii. Like, sitting on the outside. Front. Right. You, which we thought they were building those guys up for seemed it. seemed like it. They, I think if, if Evil hadn't got injured, they probably would have got a title shot. But, um, you know... This match just flat out freaking delivered. Yeah, this was a great match. You know,
2: excellent layout. All four guys, you know, performed their role perfectly. Very hot match. A lot of drama.
1: Dude, the storytelling. Yes. Dude, Nick Jackson. Oh my gosh. Dude, kicking the ring posts. Taking away the all important super kick leg. This man was working me, bro. Like there is, like I got, in, I got emotionally invested in this match. I mean, um, when they there was the one point where he after he would injured his foot, like you said, he he super kicked the post. He was selling it the whole match. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, if anyone's listening to the show, I don't know if you guys know, I am a huge fan of Southern style wrestling tag team matches, and so I love when someone has to like. Overcome an injury in these matches, like I just I love that, and you know in the past it's been Matt, now it's now it's Nick. When what he he got up for he he started to get up for more bang for your buck, is that what it was? Uh, no, they were going for Meltzer the Melter Driver, and uh, yeah, he's going for the Melter Driver, and he slipped, and I was like,
0: oh, Nick, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick,
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Nick goes on. I mean, this match just. Was like almost like a screw you to all of the Young Bucks haters, all the
1: guys who said they're just high spot artists, Bro, the they can't sell, this they can't past work. Year's been like the the screw you to the the Young Bucks haters. Like yeah, this whole past year, these guys, I think almost every great tag team match that I've seen this year personally, almost not every, but like the ones that are really memorable, I've had the Young Bucks in them. Oh yeah, definitely. And I'm not, I'm not like. The Young Buck mark of this podcast. That's Jeremy. (laughs) Jeremy loves the Young Bucks. Heck yeah, dude. (laughs) And I like them a lot. But, like, dude, like, yeah, this, this, the way they worked this match. And then take nothing away from Evil and Sonata. Evil and Sonata were great in this match. Oh, yeah. I mean, they did a great
2: job kind of playing like the bullies, especially Mm. once Nick got hurt. They were kind of like the sharks that smell like the blood in the water, and like,
1: man, there were so many times where they teased the
2: skull end, and I thought it was over, dude. Yeah, the one skull end where I think it was uh, Matt. He had he did like a the cyclone spin around, and then like locked it in, and like, and then uh, they hit the magic killer, which I thought was game time because that's their tag finisher. But then I believe they hit the magic killer on Matt, and then Nick out of nowhere came
1: for the save. Is that their finisher? Uh, L.I.J.? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I always get it mixed up. I I always can't remember if it's them or, uh, uh, you know, K.E.S. I know they got the killer bomb, but still. But, yeah, man, like, this match just had me popping. And they got a good amount of time, 15 minutes, but they did so much in 15 minutes. Yeah, it was a jam-packed 15 minutes. Uh, it was just back and forth, back and forth. Like, that's one of the things that the Young Bucks are really great at. Not not just the athleticism, not just the storytelling. Like, you know, uh, the, the the exchanges and in, in the swings and momentum. They'll have you think in one minute they're about to lose, and then the next minute they're about to win. You never can—it it, it really is like a roller coaster ride. It's very hard in their matches to tell who actually is going to pull out the win. That's something that they're masters of. Yeah. And the finish came here. They hit my favorite,
2: one of my favorite of their finish here is the more bang for your buck on Sonata
1: and got the pin. Yeah, and I mean, prior to that, it was it was actually one of the best tag team uh, sequences that I remember seeing this entire year um, up until that point. So, I mean, high, high, high drama. And yeah, the Young Bucks are the, the champions. And, you know, I don't, I was sitting back, and I know last week I said I thought they were going to lose, and while I was watching the match, I was like, why did I say that? (laughs) I don't really know why I even thought that that was going to happen. Like, I felt stupid for making that prediction. Well, you know, it's not a completely stupid
2: prediction, because we do know that New Japan does like to book heartbreaks, and this would have been, if Ibo Sonata would have won, this would have been a heartbreak, like this big moment for the Young Bucks, and they lost, and then obviously, you know, they're a Japanese company, it was not a surprise that they would want Japanese. Like, champions. You know what?
1: Prior to that, I had been thinking that whoever Lij fought, faced next, that they were gonna lose to them. But then it was the unbox and I was just like, uh, they might, they might not put. You know what it was? I thought that there's gonna be other title switches, and I didn't. I don't know, sometimes it's that Western wrestling fan of me. I don't always think they're going to change this many titles in one night. Right, yeah. So I try to play play the odds.
2: Yeah, somebody else I was listening to brought that up. Like, why do we as wrestling fans, like, assume that, you know, you can't have, like, a bunch of title changes on one card, or if this title changes, that title's not going to change, and we make our predictions based on that. Because we've been
1: conditioned to think that way. Yeah. That is why. And so I was—I fell victim to that, and I thought— um, well, you know, I thought for sure that they were going to do the junior tag title switch and then I thought maybe the heavyweight title mm-hmm. was going to switch and I thought, you know, maybe the IC title switch was going to happen. Those were all the predictions I was already yeah. making. So I was like they're not going to change this one. Well, they might not do this yeah. one. You the, know what I mean? The only I predicted
2: every title was changing except the IC title. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And so I mean, got the vision. Yeah, I mean, like I told you, man, I, I saw the ending with the with the young bucks as a heavyweight tag champs and Kenny as a heavyweight champ. I'm proud of you, bro. <laughs> Taking my little my little victory lap, um, <laughs> but yeah, and so yeah, young bucks are the new champions. They're bringing new life to this heavyweight tag division
1: immediately. Yeah, it's it's immediate. As soon as they won, they've won the belts. I'm immediately, like, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in on the on the heavyweight tag division. Every single match that they could possibly have that they've never had seems so freaking exciting to me. Bro, them and KES. That's going to be good. Them and potentially G.O.D. Them
2: and Ishii and, and Toru Them against Suzuki and Sabre.
1: There's a lot.
2: There's a lot. Yeah. And speaking of all in, post-match, Matt Jackson goes over to Don Callis says that you know, asking if he's busy September first and needs somebody on the sticks um, for all in, and says cows is all in, so that means that somehow, some way, all in will be broadcasted on, what, t- on well,
1: Twitch <laughs>
2: <laughs> on the Social Suplex podcast
1: no. <laughs> via the Social Suplex podcast. We cut a deal with the no. <laughs> but what if uh, we did, that'd be amazing. Yeah, we got, I think we've got a while to go before we cut big deals like that. My sales skills are top notch. <laughs> I just got to call Cody. Cody, let me talk to you for a minute.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know we're going to be at All In Live, but if you weren't as lucky as Josh and I to grab tickets for this show... It's gonna as
1: blessed. Be,
2: as blessed, yeah. As blessed <laughs> as we were. Uh, it's either going to be like on iPay-Per-View or Pay-Per-View or stream somewhere. So
1: It's like that Velveteen Dream uh, promo from this past week. I'm blessed. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about being blessed is you have it. <laughs> and by it, we mean the all-in it, tickets, baby. Yes. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Also, not, not to get off topic. Not for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that... Uh, that freaking um promo between Dream and Ricochet Dream and Ricochet. Oh my god. I know it's NXT guys, but if you haven't seen that promo video, it's just it's incredible. It's, it's fire. Patrick Clark is one of the best freaking talents in the business today. Like let's get that let's get that young man over in New Japan. Yo, he'd be IW He'd be never champion in oh. everything. <laughs> Oh man. He be something. He won a US title or something. Yeah. Have uh juice of him in tag team. He won a six man tag title or something. He's yeah. good. that boy is good. Nah, no, he's really good though.
2: But uh speaking of six man tags, that was the following match we had the oh. the dream team of Rey Mysterio Jr., Jushin Thunder Liger and Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on the Bullet Club team. Of Marty Scurll, the American Nightmare Cody, and Hangman Adam Page.
1: Who else wants Rey Mysterio, Jushin Liger, and Hiroshi Tanahashi to be like... The The never six-man... I want them to be all the six man titles. Dude, I, want them to I know, go, I wish. I, I want them to go to ROH, get those belts, get yeah. these belts. Uh, CMLL. Go to CMLL, get some triple titles. Get some, I just want them to carry all the belts like they're uh, Ultimo Dragon. Like, uh, like three Ultimo Dragons just <laughs> traveling the globe carrying gold. Uh, I love this team. Yeah, we know Skrull,
2: he's uh, one third of the never six man champs, but he's partnered with the Young Bucks. But I really wish that it was Skrull, Cody, and Paige that were the, the champions so we
1: could get a, a six-man they championship done, They should have done Freebird rules. Yeah, Bullet Club Freebird rules. They did... Uh, remember we saw uh, Kenny Omega defend the... The
2: Ring of Honor. They did uh, bu- uh, Bullet Club Elite like Freebird rules. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. Um, so, yeah. So, this match was obviously setting up... Um, Kind of the future rivalries, probably for Rey Mysterio.
1: I just know that, like, when Rey came out, I got literal chills. Oh, yeah, before we move on, I just want to say that, like, dude, I got really emotional at many parts of this night, and that's how I know how good this night was. And when the Young Bucks won, I didn't really. I don't want to move on without covering this. I got very emotional about dude, watching them win. That
2: was like my moment Like Rich and I, like jumped up. We were like <laughs> hugging each other, like high five, and like, like
1: yes, bro, they did it, bro. Like I got emotional, dude, because like I'm like I'm I'm like proud of these dudes. I've seen them for so many years, yeah, man, like
2: freaking, I've been watching them, you know, since the early Ring of Honor days and the Generation Me. TNA days, yeah. To see them like evolve to this point has been amazing.
1: Yeah, I was happy. I was proud to see that. And then this was another moment where, like, um, when Rey Mysterio came out, I was like, I got chills, bro. And um when he like revealed that mask, dude, like, his mask was fire. The oh half, my the half God.
0: Mysterio,
2: half Lion Mark mask, dude, that, and the logo.
1: That oh. mask is one of the best masks he's ever worn. Yeah, dude. And also, speaking of which, did, have you noticed? Dan, I'm doing a, I'm doing a podcast, bro. (laughs) I'm gonna send you a voicemail. (sighs) My phone keeps chirping. These marks calling us. All all these, these marks, man. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, um, I've always thought that Rey Mysterio with tights is better than the pants. Um, Well, not no, not totally. When he first came back in 2002, yeah, and he had the The, pants. Those pants were fire. Yeah, but then over time, like when he kept coming back, I just was like, I want Rey Mysterio to go back to Rey Mysterio. Like, you know, and did you notice that they they call him Rey Mysterio Jr.? Yeah, it was the whole
2: thing and several people have said this, that Vince McMahon hates Jr., which is why he doesn't go by Vince McMahon Jr. <laughs> and so that's why you notice like a lot of like luchadors that came into WWE that had the Jr. got rid of it. I've never noticed it. Yeah, dude. Rey Mysterio came in, got rid of the Jr. Chavo Guerrero came in, got rid of the Jr. Like Anybody that came in that could have been a Jr., Teddy Biasi Jr., got rid of the Jr. Anybody that could come in that had Jr., he got rid of it, because he hates
1: being called junior that's hilarious yeah maybe that's like why uh why like why tj calls people junior Junior. yeah i think it is i think he's talking about that on talk with
2: jericho because vince sees being called junior as as an insult
1: (laughs) that is so funny dude oh i never knew that you learn something new on this podcast every day don't call me junior pal (laughs) I don't. Even, I don't want to do the Vince voice. Like it's that's just funny, dude. But yeah. So, but like, so at the Royal Rumble this past year, when he when he came out and he had the the pants or the the tights tights. on, I was like, oh my god, like Ray looks awesome, and he's smaller, like he yeah, dropped a lot of the back weight. Back
2: in like WCW, like. yeah,
1: yeah, it's like 1996 all over again. Like. Seriously. And then he came out here, and I was like, this is just incredible. Like like Ray is so much smaller than everyone else in the match but he he's the biggest star of the match he like he's standing next to Tanahashi yeah. and Liger and he looks like a bigger star than like he made like Cody and Skrull and Adam Page look like jobbers to a certain degree like they're yeah. and also another thing I like about this is just like the classic feel of like you know an old school New Japan multi-man match you got you know, these baby faces, superhero type wrestlers like, you know, remind me of like a Tiger Mask and like, a, I don't know, like an Ultraman or something like that yeah. Like ma- matchup <laughs> and taking on like these these dirty foreigner heels. Like, I don't know, like a Bobby Duncan Jr. or something like that or like, a, you know, something like that. Like, that's what I felt like, like, yeah. like Dick Murdoch and Ted DiBiase and like all these guys. I- I'm really
2: curious to see what uh Tanahashi's uh, reaction was to like working with Mysterio just because at WrestleCon we talked about this a few months ago when we were at WrestleCon like he was like marking out for Shawn Michaels he was like Shawn Michaels is here like <laughs> where, where is Shawn Michaels <laughs> like do I have to wait in line for like bro you're Tanahashi like just go over and walk and say hi to Shawn Michaels like do what I have to,
1: <laughs> do I have to wait in line to meet Shawn Michaels like, what do you do like bro
2: Go, go, say hi, Shawn Michaels. So I'm wondering if like he like had like, another moment like that with Mysterio. Like I'm gonna work with Mysterio.
1: <laughs> well, Ray said that um, he did an interview about this. He says one of the most exciting debuts he's ever had in his career, and the idea of working with Liger and Tanahashi was like mind blowing to him. So I think it's it kind of goes both all ways. around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, what a team, dude. Yeah, it's... and this this match was. Um, Maybe not as—this was the one match where I felt like, where we talked about everything got better, 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 better. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hard. I, I, Dude, I don't know. Let me ask you, where were you on that Young Bucks match? I'm uh, like four and a half. Um, I'm like in between four and a half and 4.75. High ratings. <laughs> yeah. So this was, you know, maybe not that caliber of match but for the his, histor historicity or whatever the historic nature of it seeing all these different guys and then Cody just just the
2: aura of all those legends like was mm-hmm. great enough to keep like it like even though the match was not this match was obviously nowhere on a level of the young
1: buck the match The match was really good though.
2: Yeah, it was it was a very good match. And, uh, and it
1: didn't overstay its welcome, you know, 11 minutes and everybody got their their stuff in and I was really glad to see hangman get get an opportunity to be like the young guy working with all these legends you know what i mean like yeah
2: and there was something you said during the show that i thought was really great you everything
1: i say during the show was really (laughs)
2: great i know but this was a extra great oh
1: so you said i know so you agree (laughs) (laughs)
2: like like uh kyle moore said like you know more um what did he say you know more about... You, you've, forgotten, you've forgotten more about New Japan that we'll ever know. <laughs> uh,
1: Wikipedia, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but, uh, oh, you, you mentioned that you said that Hangman Page reminded you of, like, a young Triple, Triple H, H. Yeah. in, like, 97,
1: 98 that was, like, just super hungry and, like... You knew that he wanted... Do you remember how hard he used to work? Yeah. Like when, he was like, tag, like, when he was, like, tagging with Sean and when he was, like, going for the European belt.
2: And working against, like, Rock.
1: And yeah, his, his specifically, I was thinking... When I thought about him, I thought about his feud with Rock, and I was like... He reminds me of, like, Triple H 97, 98, before he went corporate. How... how Like, you could just see that this guy's going to be a star, uh, but he hadn't quite made it yet. But, like, he, he had all the potential in the world. Yeah. And that's kind of like what I see when I see uh, Hangman Eggman in there. You know, he's in there with all these, you know, it's like he's with the click, you know? Yeah. He's like the guy they took under their wing. And uh, yeah, that's, I forgot I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only problem
2: I have with Hangman is he's a murderer.
1: <laughs> I know he's innocent. <laughs> oh, man. I know he didn't do it. <laughs> if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. I don't know, man. He, he, he looks pretty guilty. That's that's the, the blood's on the boot. That's what the real murderer wants you to think.
0: Hmm.
1: It's it's Fat Massa. <laughs> Badass Massa is the murderer. It is. <laughs> how about we'll get to being the elite in a minute? But how about earlier when he's like, "Oh wait, did you see when he announced the E 3 Uh. He's like. Oh you guys dun, yeah. da, like Fat Masa, did you literally just say and they said all this other stuff that he like could never say? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, wait, wait, so fat masa, you mean to tell me? <laughs> and I was like, this is great. Like, so what if like Fat Masa was the murderer and like that voice that you're hearing is Fat Massa? <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd
2: be hilarious. And but uh back to this match ended up breaking down with Cody hitting the crossroads on Liger to get the pin. Eleven minutes thirty five seconds booked. Who pl- did we think was gonna win that match?
1: Did I think the Legends were gonna win? Um I think we both did we both break the Legends winning? Yeah but that, I, I think I also said like but at the same time like don't be surprised if, if Cody Cody or Marty like Cheats and, you know, gets a quick win to set something up for uh, right. for the Cow Palace show. Right.
2: And clearly, with Cody getting the pin, we know exactly why.
1: Yeah. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. Although I am wondering, like, we had a question from Brant Morris last week where he asked us, like, you know, why didn't they do a singles match with uh, Marty and uh, Ray? And they haven't announced anything yet. So I am I am wondering, like, do you think that coming out of this match, there's enough, like, interest or build to warrant a singles match, like, later on out
2: oh, of this? Oh, definitely. I mean, they've only announced, like, four matches. That's for, not
1: what I mean. I mean, um, obviously, they can book it. I, I mean, like, do you think that after watching this match, that's a match you want to see? Not just because it's Rey Mysterio, but mm-hmm. from the build of this match? Because I didn't really feel that way. I mean, it's not a...
2: I wouldn't say it's like a must-see, like, like I wouldn't like that wouldn't be the main reason why I bought a ticket to go to a show to see Rey Mysterio versus Marty Skrull. But I like Mysterio a lot. I like Skrull a lot. They're both great wrestlers. It's going to be a great match. So um, it's something I want to see. It's not going to be like the main. I'm not tuning in the G1 special in the USA solely because of Mysterio and Skrull. Well,
1: of course I want to see that match. But what I felt like was if they were going to do a finish, they should have done a finish that was more geared towards building towards that match. Like Skrull cheating cheating to beat Mysterio? Something like that. They probably
2: should have done that, but then they they needed to heat Cody up. Cody's got so much heat, they don't need to heat that (laughs) dude up. He needs
1: more. Um but yeah, I I really enjoyed this. And then um, was there an attack after the match? Is that what happened or no? Basically, I, I, all I remember is you know the the all I know is the good guys stood tall at the end and held each other's arms up the yeah. other way.
2: Yeah, I think after they got the win, yeah, they chased them out of the
1: ring. Yeah, so yeah. Really, 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 really good match. Great moment. First time in history that we've ever seen Rey Mysterio compete in a New Japan ring. I think it's the first time since 96. So, you know,
2: he'll definitely be a candidate for our Newcomer of the Year. No year. way. He can't be Newcomer of the Year, can he? Why not? Because he only wrestled one match. So, for, the year's not over yet. Def,
1: well, you said definitely a candidate. Well,
2: not definitely. He, he's a potential... He could be a candidate, candidate for the Newcomer of the Year award. Taiji Ishibori is going to win that, probably. Yeah. Realistically, right now, Taiji's winning.
1: Taiji's, like, one of the front runners.
0: There's,
2: it, there's some other people, But if too. Ray makes a few more dates, I mean, he, we can put him on the ballot.
1: Oh, yeah. We we should really ask the, the fans what they think about Jericho being nominated for that.
2: Yeah, so um, if you're new to the show, we do—because we, we started this show in December, and, like, I think it was, like, our third or fourth episode. We did, like, our year-end awards— it's one of the early episodes You can find it in the archives We did a year in award And we threw it out on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook All of you guys uh, voted really in this poll To help us pick out the strong style, Keeping a Strong Style year in awards And one of our categories Is the Newcomer of the Year award Which, who won that last year? Um, Marty Skrull? Yeah Or was Mar- it Zack Sabre Jr.? Uh, I'll have to go back and look i have to go back and I'm blanking right now But yeah, it was was either Skrull or Sabre Um, So yeah, so pretty much Whoever like comes in And makes their Debut in that that time period um, We know we put all the guys Who came into New Japan And you guys vote who's the newcomer Now here's the thing with Chris Jericho We're kind of on the fence on whether or not He should be eligible to be on the ballot Because technically He has wrestled in New Japan Before this
1: run in the 90s but yeah I mean it just feels like a totally different guy yeah <laughs> you know? I mean yes it's the same guy but I mean that was 1996 and I mean this is the first time in 22 years the dude has been like a mainstay in the company so I don't know so let us know. know tweet us at ki strong style
2: and let us know if we should put Jericho on the ballot for newcomer of the year and then we'll do whatever we feel like doing <laughs> We'll pull a, a One Nation radio and.
1: Oh yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> I can't hate them. I can, like it's. Yeah, I forgot that they even did that. <laughs> Anyways, let's get to this. Uh, let's get to the. Let's get to this triple main event.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, the junior heavyweight title match. Oh my gosh! Will Osprey versus Takahashi, last bump mania.
1: Yeah. So, we actually watched the press conference that from the day before. And just classic stuff, man. Like, Hiromu, like, his entrance where he just, like... Comes in, he's, like, looking like (laughs) like a creeper. (laughs) Just comes from around, like, he just slides, like, slides. Sliding. And uh, he's just staring at everyone, and the look on his face (laughs) is just, like, priceless. I'm like, what is is, is wrong with this dude? Like, seriously.
2: And, uh, you know, they were talking about his triangle chokehold being called the D...
1: (laughs) Y- yeah, so I don't feel bad for not remembering this because I've clearly stated on the show that I cherry picked the best uh, the G one climax. But I know you watched a lot more of it, and I think you forgot that, that he, he did pull out the triangle choke last year. Yep. So so I found this out on Reddit. I wish I had looked up the user so I could give credit to them, but uh, you know I I didn't so. Uh, <laughs> But there was a discussion about him naming his triangle choke the D, which like during this press conference, like Will Osprey had to like basically explain to him like why it's a bad thing it's called the D. <laughs> well just like, you know, that there's there's another connotation in the West when you call like something the D and you're doing a triangle choke, like it's it's kinda <laughs> a strange deal altogether. Yeah. And like I thought he was calling it the D because it's the D. <laughs> I was like this dude Heroma is stu- like stupid but uh, no so apparently what it is is that he bust, like he came out with I had busted he <laughs> 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 uh, he came up with this move the the triangle choke last year during the G1 climax when they're doing the tag matches and a f- like just before that, uh, Bad Luck Fallon had ripped up had ripped up Daryl, yeah. and so this was in honor of Daryl. It was a homage to him. That's why he was calling it D because it's like the nickname like yeah. for Daryl. Yeah. Uh, so I think the translate somewhere in the translation it got lost. But then we we didn't really see him doing the channel choke too much this whole year, and then it, he brought it back, and then all of a sudden it's like oh the D. Yeah. And we're like oh, I don't know if you want to be calling it that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man, but dude, this match, so many crazy spots between these guys. These guys, man, we talk about it all the time. They throw their bodies, I mean, they put their bodies at risk to go
1: out there and try to have the best match on the card. Yeah, man, uh Zach or <laughs> Zach uh Will osprey had a great mood at Dontaku 93 moment where he like literally ran down the entire rampway into that big flip dive and like yeah
2: he had so much momentum like he had to like keep rolling yeah. after he hit Takahashi. Yep,
1: yep. Um, I, I don't know, man. To me, and I don't know if I'm just being overzealous, but like this felt like one of, if not the best junior match I saw this year. Yeah, so far. And I don't think a lot of people felt that way. I've seen a lot of people say that they liked their the- first match better. Um, which I do think they did a lot of crazy stuff in that match, but this match to me like seemed more cohesive and had a better ending. Um, like it didn't se- it, di- it didn't feel abrupt. It felt more satisfying. Like yeah. that match was so excellent until the end and it just came from out of nowhere. And it, that's what kind of brought it down for me. But this match was just like it was nearly perfect, man nearly yeah, perfect I mean,
2: all the ranas and suplexes and dives and um, just so many great spots and reversals and you know um, Takahashi definitely um, there, there was some uh, got him in that triangle choke and thinking that Will was going to tap out and uh, Will was trying to power out and he he got out and was able to uh make a comeback but yeah man there's so much great stuff
1: yeah i thought i thought will was done at, at one point with that um there was there was just this match was very cohesive and one thing that was so important about this to me was like during the press conference when they were talking about the importance and you know you keep hearing it from a lot of these junior guys and they reiterated the fact during the press conference that like it's not like the IWGP title is the most to them this is the belt <laughs> this is the most important belt in the company and over the years on these Dantaku sh- or on these uh, Dominion shows you're slowly but surely seeing the junior title creep up in importance like you know I think last year it was fourth from the top yeah <clears throat> and now it's third i mean over everything else you know what i mean yeah and it it these guys are bringing this division to a level of prominence. Now, that's not to to throw slight at legends of the past or what they've accomplished, but like at no time in new Japan's history has the division as a whole felt as important. That's not to say that it hasn't been better, but it, it might not even have been better. Like this might be the best it's ever been, but this is the most important that the belt has ever felt, like the most prestigious. it's uh, it's at a new level of like, important and it's because it's off the back of what these guys are doing what they're doing not just with the way that they're putting their bodies on the line but the the in-ring stories that they're telling and then the personas that they're carrying and like these guys this matters to them and like i think like will had said something about during the press conference, I can't remember the statement he made and Hiromu like corrected him. He's like, no, the best belt. Right. He he said that,
2: you uh, we know, we work, we've we worked on making this belt like the second best belt in New Japan.
1: Yeah. And Hiromu was like, no, this is, this is the top belt. Yeah, He's like top belt, best belt. And, and like, but the thing is, he believes it. Yeah. He believes it and that's the thing like these guys believe it and when when you know when you see like someone who's cutting a promo or something like that and they believe what they're doing that that comes through and that's what you can see with these guys like they really believe in what they're doing and
2: yeah and just it's it's gonna be a great thing for the for the division moving forward to establish the title so high and like have guys like not having to move up to be bigger stars, but they can be a big star right there in the junior
1: division. Well, remember when we first started and people were asking about the differences and I was like, dude, it's like UFC. It's like weight classes, you know, um, in boxing, you know, Floyd Mayweather's the top draw. He's a welterweight 147 pounder. You know what I mean? Right. Like Klitschko wasn't the top draw, you know? Um, they're starting to get there. Now the guys that are on top now, like, you know, uh, I forget who's, who's up there. Uh, British guy Anthony Joshua and uh, Deontay Wilder, all that. But you know, the, the, the top draws are the middleweights, the welterweights one forty five, one forty seven, one sixty. Same thing in the UFC. Like the top draws are the welterweights, and the middleweights, and the lightweights. Right, and I think featherweight.
2: I think for new fans that are coming in to watching New Japan, who are used to watching other promotions, where the cruiserweight slash lightweight slash junior divisions are not as on the same level as the heavyweight title. So they automatically assume that oh these guys are in the junior division, they're less than the heavyweight guys, and they need to move up to be yeah. stars and be recognized. But that's not the case. Like you mentioned, it's like UFC. This is just the junior weight heavyweight division. These guys weigh a
1: certain amount, and but they are just as great as the heavyweight wrestlers. See, that's how it was in in uh, England back in the day. Uh, you know, when they had their, their world titles, that's how it was. Like, you know, the heavyweight belt was not the most prominent belt because the best wrestlers didn't wrestle at that weight class. The best wrestlers wrestled at the lightweight class. Um, same thing in Mexico. You know, now it's different in AAA now. Now they got the mega title, but like with, with them, the the um you know in CMLL the heavyweight title is, it's not the main title, you know it's the lighter it's the lighter weight classes, and it and it fluctuates very much so the same way like there is no belt in CMLL that is the top belt is whoever the top star is that happens to be right
2: the belt. whoever whoever the best wrestler is is who has the top belt
1: that's how it is in in in, in real sports you know the real champ whoever is the most prominent and compelling figure. Whatever belt he carries is the one that matters. And I mean, we saw with the
2: Super Juniors Tour. I mean, these juniors were drawing and like packing out Cork
1: and Hall with minimum heavyweight star power. Yep, absolutely. Like, Hiromu's like on the cusp, man. And him and Will Ospreay. And so this match was just like a testament to what they've accomplished, where they're going. I thought this match was. Really, 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 really excellent. Um, and the only other junior match, junior singles men match that I thought maybe this year. Well, obviously the Ishimori match and 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 uh, Hiromu. Hiromu, but then also the Will Osprey and uh, um, Squirrel. Marty Marty Skrull match. But those both of those matches had some slights to it this match just felt like this felt like the most complete match I've seen this year and another thing too is like I think we were both expecting Hiromu to win the belt yeah and I started I started doubting it towards the end because they started getting me to believe like Will's gonna pull this thing out yeah I mean it's just one of those things where you're
2: like man like Hiromu, like, Hiromu really needs this but then, like Will started coming back, and you're like, "Dang it! Like he's gonna like he's gonna do it. They're again. gonna make him like Okada, where he just keeps beating people, and he's gonna be the junior champion for seven hundred days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think quite that long, but yeah. But that was not the case. Uh, Takahashi was able to hit the time bomb and become the new champion. They they did drop each other on their heads a lot though in this match. That's the one thing where I was like, <sighs> especially um, Takahashi with that new butterfly power driver who don't been, like
1: it that he's been using i've i've heard, i've heard people you know say that these guys are trained workers and all that and they know the no i don't like it man i just i really it's, really really don't I like it i mean it's it. dangerous looking I guess like it's a good, No it's more than dangerous looking it is dangerous yeah there's no way that that's not dangerous yeah cuz I me mean, i don't see how there's a possible safe Bump from that, like that is dangerous. Like you're getting
2: dropped on your head and neck area. I like, mean, if you just
1: understand physics,
2: <laughs> yeah, like all. Of and your, you understand
1: like how dangerous, say, a pile driver is, but how they protect with a pile driver using the legs and the thighs. Nice, yeah, no, that's not there, dude.
2: There's no protection. There's no way that's. Safe. It's not even like a. Uh, They're just
1: rolling and hoping that they land on their shoulder and neck the proper way. Yeah, which which you can't really even do. I mean, you're getting dropped from that height. You know. 100 200 pound guy like come on it's
2: not even like the jade driller which again uses the legs to protect even that's dangerous yeah
1: this was crazy yeah but other than that yeah I don't know I was four and three quarters on this match
2: yeah definitely same here and uh yeah so it was great just seeing Takahashi get this junior title and
1: oh I was so excited to see yeah to see Hiromu get another get the belt again beltosan yeah.
2: And this was just a you know, excellent, excellent matchup. Man, we
1: marked out for that too.
2: Yeah. When dude. he finally
1: did it what he hit him with the time bomb. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> this is like the Indie Darling dream like dream card. Like every <laughs> Young Bucks win, Hiromu wins, like this is crazy.
2: Yeah, and there are definitely challengers lined up for Takahashi one already announced for Kazuna Road. We'll talk about that later. So, yeah, looking forward to more excellent junior title matches this year. Interested,
1: I'm interested to see where Will Ospreay goes from this. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a lengthy title run. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with him, him next. And I'm I'm looking forward to – dude, my favorite my favorite phase of the juniors was when Hiromu held the belt and he was turning away challenger after challenger after challenger. And, like, I'm like, all right. Let's do it again. Let's, let's <laughs> run it back. Run it. I'm, I'm ready. I love Hiromu. Like – I, I can't wait. Hiromu and the D. Uh. <laughs> I was waiting for you to laugh at that.
2: I was, like, trying to, like, think of where to go next. If, if, if
1: you didn't laugh at that, that would be, like, one of the weirdest segments of our, like, <laughs> Hiromu and the D, and then just, all right, and then next, uh, let's just
0: move. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: man. So, next, uh, we had the IWGP Intercontinental Title match. WGP. Dude, speaking of that, I, there's been a lot of podcasts that have been referencing the Hogan IWGP promos. And like, we've been. It's a famous bit, though. I know, but like, lately, like, we've been talking about that joke, like, since we've started this show. I've been talking about that joke for years. I like to bring it up as often I as know, I know, but like, can. on recorded audio, <laughs> on this show specifically, we've talked about that Hogan bit.
1: And like, I feel Bruh. like. A, I'll never forget the first time I saw it. I was in utter shock that it happened. I could, like, kayfabe died that day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, like they were talking about it, like, on Pritchard's show last week. Really? Yeah. And a couple other podcasts. Was another podcast,
1: I can't remember who else brought it up, too. I, I know one that I heard it on, but... I don't think, I'm not going to say they copied us or anything. I don't think that. No, it. I'm not saying. I'm I am I think it's more like just a funny
2: coincidence. I, yeah, I think it's a funny coincidence that, like, we've, like, it's a, like a running joke between, like, all of us, all of our friends, like, this IWGP thing. Yeah. And then, like, now, like, it's starting to, like, come to light again. I didn't know
1: Pritchard brought that up.
2: Yeah. What did he say? Because they were talking about the 93 King of the Ring. Yeah. Which was, like, Hogan's last... Uh, show before he
1: when that jabroni got jobbed out by the great Japanese wrestler y- Yokozuna, Yokozuna. <laughs>
2: yeah and they were talking about like Samoa <laughs> Hogan not like wanting to wrestle for any other company in Japan besides New Japan and they talked about that
1: why would he wrestle for any other company
2: cause uh, around that time period like WWF like was doing something in Japan with like Tenryu's group and, oh yeah uh, Super World of Sport yeah he did he did wrestle for them Right, but it's like there was like issue, like he was have there was like issue with it or whatever, because Hogan only wanted to wrestle for New Japan.
1: Oh, I wrong. don't know how true that is. That sounds like one of those Pritchard the Liar sort of crap. Because <laughs> the thing is, Hogan went to Super World of Sport and he wrestled on at least two of their shows, maybe yeah. three. But and maybe I'm recalling exactly what he said wrong. But no, no, sen- no, that sounds like that sounds right, but it's yeah. not right. Yeah, it, it sounds right, but. He wrestled for SWS. But,
2: but they were just talking about, like, you know, how, like, wrestlers would, like, say stuff and, like, would not expect to, like, come back because, yeah. like, there was, like, the internet, obviously there was, like, no, like, huge, like, internet or, like,
1: oh social bro.
2: media or anything back then. I'll tell
1: you what, the other day, okay, so I'm still working on my 70s project, the infamous 70s project, and Yeah, I watched this fight, uh, fight, this match between, well, it was a fight, between Inoki and Mike, Mike Left Hook Dayton, who was a kung fu master and bodybuilder. <laughs> And uh, so, as I'll do often to try to gain some context on some of these matches, I'll look them up on the internet, see if I can find a write-up, a review, something. I found this antiquated Black Belt Magazine 1979 interview with Mike Left Leftook Dayton, where he explained to them what happened in the Super World fight that he had with the great Black Belt Master, Antonio (laughs) Inoki. (laughs) He's told them that Antonio Inoki was a black belt in judo, a black belt in karate, a black belt in jujitsu, a black belt, and he's like, third are like, he's one of the highest ranked like martial artists and all of. And don't get me wrong, Inoki was no slouch, and he was like a true martial artist. But this dude jobbed, so he wanted, and so he starts building it up. He doesn't want people to know that he does works, right. so he's making it seem like he's fighting one of the greatest fighters fighting that ever, yeah. ever lived. Then he lies to them about how the match even goes down. You guys can find this. It's it's in the archives. I've read it for free. It's on it's on the internet. Just Google it. Mike Dayton versus Inoki, uh, Black Belt Magazine. Then he tells them that the fight ended in a draw when the referee, in the fifth round, when the referee tried to step between them, he accidentally hit the referee and that they had to be broken apart and it was quite wild. And he also said it was a shoot. He told them like flat out, like it was it was a real fight, Like he did not tell them it was a work. That man thought, that man never knew that the internet was coming. (laughs) I watched that match. It was not a draw. He jawed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, dude. A lot of these, back then, like, yeah, they didn't know the internet was coming. Oh, and and he lied. He he, he
1: told them that he dropped Inoki a bunch of times. He never, like, dropped Inoki. (laughs) Like, this is not true. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Guys did not know the internet was coming. Yeah. Yeah, The stuff you hear on this podcast is great.
2: it's, It's hilarious. Um, so yeah, so back to this uh, IC title match. So we had uh, the champion Tetsuya Naito defending against uh, the Alpha Chris Jericho. Oh man, uh, dude, Jericho coming out looking like Jericho Crow.
1: Dude, yeah, he looked like the Crow. He looked like Alice Cooper. Mix in a little bit of Freddie Mercury or some, uh, some, uh, uh, Ziggy Stardust, some, you know, like David Bowie. Like I saw influences from all these guys and I was like, what the heck is just a little bit. Yeah. A little like, uh, what's his name? Paul Simmons, Paul Paul Stanley, Paul Stanley. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) Paul Simmons, Richard Simmons. (laughs) I was like, what is Jericho doing? Like, what is this right now? Dude,
2: he debuted a new character, pretty much. Like, the next evolution of the alpha.
1: I thought that him putting on the black lipstick for the attack was just, like, a take on Bushi and all that. Like, to, yeah. to blend in. But now that he's like, I don't like it, actually. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I, I did like, I like the idea here. Yeah, I'm not against it. I like it a lot. Um, I like Crazy Jericho, and I liked this. But I don't, I just specifically just don't like the lipstick. mm Specifically. That one thing. Everything else, I'm a, I was all in on. But this was different. Uh how about last year when um when we were pre like previewing uh Wrestle Kingdom, we were like, I feel like we're gonna get like, you know, this dude to come out in pants. Right. And he came out in tights instead. And we were like, dang it, like Jericho. Well, he came out in freaking leather, leather pants. pants. Yeah. So this guy's a rock star now. Yeah. Like crazy. Like, Terry Funk, you know, Alice Cooper, I don't know, just Psycho. Like, the dude's Psycho. He's freaking crazy. Yeah,
2: and dude... uh, Well, then Naito came out in the white suit and the mask, and he actually brought the IC title out, but he dropped it on stage. Yeah, he dropped it halfway. (laughs) He left it there. But then after that, dude, Jericho brought this man to the jump zone and literally whooped Naito's ass.
1: This was... Much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, it exceeded my expectations. I thought it was better than the junior match. I did. Uh, I'm, I think I'm probably higher on a lot than a lot of other people, but it's the it's the 1980s wrestling fan of me. Like watching this, I'm like UWF Mid South Georgia Championship Wrestling, world class. Like that's what this is. Like it yeah. just it takes me back to that, and I'm like, oh my god. Like and then the fact that like. Naito didn't get out of his, like, clothes for, like, half an Forever, yeah, dude. I, it just reminded me of, like...
2: It was just whooping on that man.
1: It, yeah, it reminded me of, like, an old-school, like, tuxedo match. Like, <laughs> you think I'm playing? I'm not even playing. Like, like coal miners glove tuxedo match, like, Dibiase and Duggan. Like, that's yeah. what this felt like. And, I mean, they were working stiff. Oh, So freaking stiff. It was like we were saying, like,
2: they said, like, backstage, like... I'm saying sorry now for what's gonna happen out there.
1: Yeah, you said that they apologized to each other before the match started. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Naito, at one point, his eye was bleeding, in, like on the inside. Yeah, which is, is gross. And, uh, <laughs> shout out,
2: shout out to our, our buddy James Boyd. He said that, like in the first ten minutes, Naito looked like the continuous screen from Street Fighter, like the, the ten, nine. And your guys look all like jacked up. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah.
1: Uh, I, I always like that part. But um man, this match was just this was just excellent.
2: Yeah, man. The, the Jericho's just crazy, bro. Yeah, the table attack in the beginning and uh Jericho like DT'd Naito on a table.
1: Um, then he uh, what he pile drived him yeah. on a table. Yeah. You know what he got for Naito? Simpy. <laughs> He got simpy on that man. Uh, this, yeah, like Naito just felt like the uh, like the underdog uh, babyface. It, it was a, a powerbomb. He
2: powerbombed him through a table. Oh yeah. Well, no, they did do the a pile drive. It was Naito that piled drive. Okay, chair, Naito. Though.
1: Yeah, but he he powerbombed powerbomb. him through and through the Japanese, Japanese table. Bro, when have you seen a Japanese table break?
2: Not not very often, but the DET didn't break though. We that got, might
1: be like the OMG moment of the year. Yeah. My God, like, I, when that... I marked almost harder for that than anything else this right, whole night.
2: we never hit the table. I was break. like, the
1: table broke! <laughs> uh, I was like, Joey... Joey... Uh, Joey Styles. I was like, oh my oh God! My.
2: But yeah, the DT didn't break, so we had the, I am the table moment there. Um, but yeah, and then finally, after that wild brawl, they finally get back in the ring, and the match starts, and it was mainly Jericho... In control a majority of this
1: matchup. Yeah, I just um, yeah, like I didn't realize though that it was gonna be a no DQ match that they'd waive the DQ mat uh the DQ rule. When did they like announce that? Cause I kind of missed it.
2: Um, well, Kevin Kelly like just mentioned it on commentary. He was like, they waived the disqualification for this match, and kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. But- but it's just one of those things. Jericho's mentioned like the one thing he he does not like about New Japan, and, and something that we don't like is like how they treat the referees and like the refs just kind of like let things go. And so that's why like he made the Omega match like no DQ because he wanted to be able to do stuff and not make Red Shoes look stupid. So mm-hmm. I'm sure like that was the same thing here, and it was like a last minute thing where he's like, no, like I want no DQ because I don't know, I I don't, I want to make Red Shoes look credible for letting this stuff happen
1: yeah well i mean it is what it is i mean it i thought the match was probably better for it yeah either yeah. way yeah um this match was just it's just great man it was so old school it was so violent it was and that's another thing on a, on a match on a show where you just have excellent undercard and then you have that you know that crazy young bucks match with the the awesome storytelling, and then you've got the, you know the, the legends that all came back, and you know, and then the crazy last bump match where where uh you know Osprey and uh, Hiroma are gonna kill themselves. It's like, how do you follow all of that? Well, you do it by doing something totally different yeah, than everything complete, else done. Yeah,
2: completely different from anything on the card. This was
1: a violent, just brawling matchup. Yeah, and I mean like. It didn't try to be like Okada Omega. You know what I mean? It right. was its own thing, and it was so well done for what it was that at the end of the night, like you have to still give props to this. Like as great as the main event was, and as great as these other matches were, like this thing stands on its own two legs. This could have been this could be the main event of any card of New Japan this entire year, and it would have been a fantastic main event. I I I just I thought it was I thought it was great. Yeah,
2: it was great. The one thing, though, that was, was kind of confusing about the finish, even though, like, they said the no DQ was waived, he, there was still a ref bump, and Jericho used that distraction to hit a low blow. That's and, right. And then he hit the code breaker.
1: That's right. And, you know, we were talking about that, and, like, I think you guys kind of criticized it, and I was like, well, you, you gotta get heat somehow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, I guess that's why they did it, but I don't really—I don't agree with it. I think it's kind of stupid as well, but um, I think it's also a way to protect Naito. Right. You know, like, not to—you know, because in a sense, you can argue, did he beat him fair and square? According to the match rules, yeah, but this guy still did something dastardly, even in a match where he didn't have to. Right. I mean, he was just dastardly the whole match before the match even started. Yeah, uh, it was like Naito never got out of go. Yeah. Naito was fighting from underneath the whole, whole entire match. He just made him a sympathetic baby face. Although he still got booed in Osaka. Yeah.
2: He got but, booed in Osaka. Which, uh, somebody was talking about it. like I think he did like a promo last year that was like if
1: I don't come nah, back, it goes back further than that. Okay. It goes back to like the whole Stardust genius thing. Uh, uh, yeah, he's had he's had issues Osaka's like with the one city apparently. Where I guess he gets booed, which I was not privy to that. I, for some reason in my mind, and I'll I'll admit it, earlier in the year I think I messed up because I thought that Osaka Joe Hall was like his town. It's not. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> it's not. It's not like the, It's the one place where he. They were the first ones to boo him apparently, going back to you know the, the when, when he like declared himself the you know the top star of New Japan. And he's had issues with getting booed in Osaka forever, like even even at the height of his popularity. Like it, you know, they call Canada Bizarro Land. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, but it's not Bizarro Land. It's just that's it's like a from what I understand, it's like a love hate relationship between him and him and the Osaka crowd. Yeah, but they love Jericho. Yeah, they did. I mean, Jericho. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. Even though he got booed, like how how many times can you remember? someone getting cheered over over Naito not many Kenny never did yeah Kata never did well I mean not not like recently
2: yeah so yeah that was wild the the fans were were behind Jericho
1: they were so behind Jericho they loved dude they were weren't they chanting his name in other matches Y2J or maybe I was hearing uh, it wrong I don't recall I'll have to run it back But I don't remember But yeah So Jericho Picks up the win With the freaking Codebreaker And uh Yeah
2: Yeah Jericho's now A 10 time Air Champion And the young boy Josh Smith Predicted it
1: Yeah You guys can't see it right now But I got my hands In the air <laughs> And, and I want the applause. I want the gold. <laughs> Give me the gold. You can do your victory lap here. I want the strap. Yo, because here's the thing. I'm not always right when it comes to predicting stuff, but sometimes... You are very good at getting the big predictions, right? Sometimes the big predictions that I think make sense, I am good at getting those every now and again.
2: Like, like especially uh, the Okada Night to Wrestle Kingdom.
1: You know, maybe it's just I'm a fool. Maybe I'm just betting. Like, maybe I, I'm just uh, an idiot savant, and I'm just <laughs> I'm taking picks that no one else will take, and I, it just happens to work out for me. And that's about it.
2: No, no, give yourself more credit. Than no, that. but
1: for real, I this just it made sense to me because I was like, well, Naito doesn't want the belt. Jericho, you know, he already lost once this year. It's gonna look really bad if he comes back and takes two losses on the, at big big shows like this. Yeah. Plus, like you can build if jericho loses what are you going to build to for the next match you know i mean jericho could get himself over again like he did you know after uh wrestle Kingdom. yeah but why do that when you can have a, a money match you know right away and i don't know when when he's going to wrestle again the only thing that made me think maybe he wouldn't i was like are they going to put their strap on him Yep. yep. Yes, I did. Yup. And I and it just hit me like we were sitting there and I hadn't even really made up my mind about it. But when we were sitting here recording last week, I was like, <sighs> "Jericho's gonna win." And it just it, it was yeah. One, and it was one of those moments. And I said it with such clarity, and I feel so smart for saying that. Yeah. Now. <laughs> like, oh my god! But um, how about after the match, he starts attacking Naito again, and then we get evil. evil.
2: Which is surprising, because, you know, L.I.J. normally lets Naito get beat on.
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: But, yeah, Evil comes down to make the save, and it looks like they're planting seeds for a Jericho Evil match.
1: I guess. I don't know. Um, I did think it was funny when Jericho, like, cut a promo afterwards. On the commentary, he's like... On the commentary, he's like, who are you? Yeah. What did he say? He's like...
2: I forgot what he was like... I just be not. I just be till like this guy. Like who are like who is this guy? Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. So we don't remember the promo, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, it was one of those like rock
1: moments. Like yeah. who in the blue hell pretty are much, you? Pretty much. Yeah. And he didn't know who evil was, and I was wondering the whole time. Like, I understand that he's like the gatekeeper, but I clearly think Sonata, who recently had a title shot, is the better guy. Yeah. And I was like, send him. Send Hiromu. Don't send evil. Because <laughs> I'm not really that interested um, in seeing an evil versus Jericho. Jericho match, to be honest with you. If anything, I, I'd rather see Naito and Jericho. Mm-hmm. Although, I've heard rumblings that the whole idea is to get the belt onto evil to free up Naito. Gotcha. I don't uh, know if that's true or not. Yeah. It could I mean, be. I I just think
2: it would be a cool idea to just have Jericho like run through L.I.J.
1: to eventually get back to Naito. Yeah, we talked about that. And I don't disagree with you. It's just that's a lot of commitment. I mean, how many guys is he going to go through? Just, just, just heavyweights? Yeah, just Evil and Sonata. So he's going to wrestle three times between now and when? Now in Wrestle Kingdom. You think, you think Jericho's wrestling three matches in New Japan? Dude, I don't know about all that.
2: If you would have asked me at the beginning of this year if Jericho would be the Air Continental champion, I'd be <laughs> like, there's
1: no way. So, dude, like I said, I just didn't want to get worked again. I, right. I don't expect it. Dude, I picked him because I didn't want to get worked <laughs> again. That's why. <laughs> I was just—I was so tired of getting worked by Chris Jericho, so that's why. Like I said, I don't trust this man. Like you know, with what he says, like
2: he's not gonna wrestle anymore. I think it's
1: it's more likely for him to do just one or two more big matches at most, and that be about it. But mm, I don't know. Hey. You never know. What are your thoughts about? Fa- so let's before we move on, let's talk about Tetsuya Naito. What are your thoughts? Cause we, we, yeah, you had, yeah, well, uh, last week we we used to stated that Naito has been trash this year. Okay, and I'm I'm still standing by that. Yeah. Uh oh, yeah, that like turned into a whole thing online, didn't a little, a little it? debate on the uh, New Japan Reddit. Yeah, but what I meant was it wasn't so much where I was like he's trash. Obviously, Naito is one of the greatest workers alive today. That's what's bothered me about him this past year. This match was one of the hardest I've seen him work all year. It truly was, and like I I loved it. But you know I don't know. We don't have to get into all that. I guess. but right. I don't now. Now I feel like you put me on the spot, and I got <laughs> I got to defend my point from last week. Yeah. I, no, what were you going to say about Naito? Well, you know, there are people that are questioning where, where he stands in the company. I mean, after the way he's been booked this past year and then after Wrestle Kingdom. And I mean, um, there are those people, especially fans who I think probably don't aren't as familiar with new japan or you know are like newer fans where they're like he's buried <laughs> he's done <laughs> oh my. where does he go from where here? does he go from here he's finished <laughs> he's finished roman <laughs> <laughs> this is roman reigns all over again <laughs> it's clearly not that it, it always comes back to the big dog <laughs> So, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts, though, for real? Because, I mean, he is in a precarious situation.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think this is a good way, like we mentioned, to get more sympathy for Naito. I mean, there was a lot of uh, sympathy for him losing that Wrestle Kingdom match. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just continuing to build that and kind of getting more and more people to feel sorry for him and get behind him. And it's eventually going to lead... But do you
1: think that's what's happening do you think people are getting behind him, or do you think people are getting um, their patience tried? I think for
2: the American Western audience, the patience might be getting tried just because we're used to a different style of booking and we're used to instant gratification. And the, if a guy loses a big match, they're buried. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe to the Japanese fans... It might be building more sympathy because we've seen this whole past year, every arena Naito goes into for except for this one, the crowd blows the roof off when he comes out. So they're continuing to make him like a sympathetic baby face. And I think eventually it's going to lead to some big moment, whether that's regaining the title, whether that's winning the G1 or somehow winning the heavyweight title this year. Um, we're going to get a big Naito moment after all these like
1: shortcomings and heartbreaks. So I was actually listening to uh, observer live earlier today on my way home from work. And uh, Brian Alvarez touched on this subject. And he said, you know, in an um, just to give you a, a comparison in a company like WWE where 50, 50 booking is so prevalent. They try to tell you that wins and losses don't matter But when they do 50-50 booking, it's clear that wins and losses absolutely matter because they don't want anyone to take losses. They're afraid to hurt anybody ever because losses matter so much to them. Right. Because every loss is so detrimental. It's like a guy's getting buried when he loses is what they basically tell you. And that's why their top guys never lose. You know what I mean? Right. They never lose um, ever, you know. And that's kind of what he was saying. He was like, but in general in real sports you know you watch like hockey you watch basketball you watch baseball football to some lesser degree but these sports where these guys compete you know especially with teams night in night out that sort of thing you know if you're like if you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan and they go on run and it's great but then they lose that's part of the sport guys lose and that's expected and it's like, he just wasn't the better guy on that night. They weren't the better team on that night. But overall, where are they stand, where's their standing within the company? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And on any given night, anybody can lose. And that's how it actually is in New Japan. And that's why when a guy loses in, say, like the New Japan Cup, like in a tournament, you know, they're not buried. You know, right. you don't hear people crying out and being like, they're done. They're finished. You know, like Okada just lost the belt. Do you like I don't I don't think anyone's gonna be like, He got buried. (laughs) Why are they quit why are they giving up on Okada? The company (laughs) gave up on him. You know, they've turned their backs on him. Yeah. Nah, it's not like that, you know? And so I think with 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 that, it's important for fans who are listening, and if you're a new new listener, this is important for you to probably understand and realize, like, guys lose and it's okay. Now there is a way where you can get buried. That, that can still happen, don't get me wrong, but that's not necessarily what this is. I don't know if I agree with Naito's booking this past year. I know I wouldn't have done it this way, and I kind of think earlier in the year, I thought by this point, we'd see him getting another title shot. Yeah. I don't know where they're going with him, but I will say this, the company has enough equity with me that I'm trusting in where they're going to lead his character. Dude this thing could go in a totally different direction than any of us are even expecting. How many times over the years has New Japan done that? You think they're going to do one thing with a guy and then it's, yeah. And everything changes, you know what I mean? And like that stuff happens. And so we don't know what Gato has in mind. We don't know what, what kind of character developments, but um, I would also say like, yes, I had criticism last week against about Naito about, but it is more about, performance right it was more about motivation and lack of it it wasn't so much about star power star potential strong drawing, drawing power. power nothing like his stance in the company nothing like that it's just that I know he's I know he's one of the best yeah that's that's really what comes out I know he's one of the best and I haven't seen it this year and, and it's frustrating because there's other times where he's had bad booking and he's been the best and that's what I want out of him Um but with that being said, like, I just felt like that was something important to, to touch on here. I don't know where this story's going. Yeah,
2: I mean, nobody knows where it's going. I mean, I, I just from what I've seen, I think it's leading to some kind of big Naito moment at the end of the year. Do you think we continue with Jericho and Naito? I mean, I think it's possible, like I said, like, maybe they do, like, Jericho against
1: Evil or something. Or maybe just one of them. There's only one other guy I could really see. Well, may, there's, like, two guys I could see Jericho potentially working with by... That maybe I'm um, like, that would make a lot of sense and be a big deal. Okada and Tanahashi? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think those are the guys he wants to work with, too. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, like, if I was Chris Jericho and I came to New Japan, oh, uh, m- maybe Suzuki. Yeah. Ooh.
0: Dude,
2: the brawl that they would have. <laughs> crazy, crazy Chris Jericho. Crazy old man Suzuki against crazy old man Jericho. Yeah.
1: Oh my god, that would be so awesome. So yeah, I mean, those are like the kind of those are the guys that I think you would want to work with this year. But um, I am wondering, like, you know, here's the thing. Another thing too is people are like, you know, there are there are fans out there right now on the internet who are like, Naito's done, Naito's over. The G freaking one is around the corner. Do you not think that this guy is going to have one of the best, best tournaments. tournaments of the entire he's tournament? he's a
2: potential candidate, he might win, win the whole freaking
1: thing. Yeah. So that's that's when I'm like guys just calm down. Just calm, tranquilo. Tra- be tranquilo, okay? Because because it's not over. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're gonna heat this dude up, and he's gonna be fine. Um, they probably shouldn't have put the belt on him to begin with. Yeah. That was probably like a detrimental thing. That's like one of the worst things they did this year to him, as weird as that sounds. Because he didn't need it. But I rest my case. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, five stars. You, get, you giving Jericho Naito five stars? Jericho Naito. Five snowflakes, baby. <laughs> you know what's funny is like uh, Ricky and Clive think I came up with snowflakes. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They think that's, like, my thing that I made up. Yeah, I heard that last week. Like, they keep saying it, and I'm like, uh, you guys have been on the internet? (laughs) (laughs) I love you guys. Uh, Shout out to Ricky and Clive. Shout out to Ricky and Clive. Ricky and Clive Wrestling Wrestling Show. show. Here on the network. But, uh, all right, now it's
2: time to talk about the the main event, the greatest match in (laughs) wrestling history. (laughs) Two out of three falls. I was gonna say that. No time you said limit.
0: It me.
2: The champion. Damn it. Kazuchika Okada against the best bout machine, Kenny Omega.
1: It's the best match I ever saw in my entire life. Mind melting match. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Incredible. Phenomenal. It's the best wrestling match that I have ever seen in my entire life. Dude, this was so
2: excellent. Like, I know that a lot of people were worried about the two out of three falls um, and no time limit, like possibly like going too long and just. Oh
1: yeah, I voiced those sentiments last week. If you yeah. remember, I said, you know, that's a and and you know what? That's a tough tough gimmick to get over. You know, it's crazy. So I was at work today and um, the guy sits next to me, he's an old school wrestling fan, and I showed him a picture of Jericho with the gold, and he's like, Jericho won the title? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, That's the I that's the IW like he kinda knows a little. He's like, that, that he won the IWGB title. I was like, No, it's the IC belt. And then he's like, Oh, is that Kenny Omega next to him? He won the belt. And I was like, Yeah, and I was like, he beat Okada. He doesn't know who Okada is. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, it's the best match ever saw in my life. He's like, Really? And I was like, seventy two minutes. And he was like What? (laughs) He's like, they went over an hour? And I was like, yeah, bro. He's like, that must have been really slow. And I said, like, no. And I said, quite
2: opposite, my friend.
1: No, bro. No. Like, it wasn't slow at all. It's like the fastest over one hour match I've ever seen. I I could not believe the pace that these, I mean, I guess I should believe it, but like, because they're the two best wrestlers alive today, maybe of all time. Like, they're in that conversation now. And, um, Just magic, man.
2: Yeah, just magic. Kenny was in phenomenal shape, the best shape I've seen him in in quite some time.
1: Bro, that's the fourth time they've ever wrestled. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, a lot of guys in the wrestling business, when they are, you know, doing their thing and they have like a big money pay per view match, they've been on house shows together. They've done practice matches over and over and over again. They've been touring, you know what I mean? Right. They've they've wrestled each other countless times and perfected their their match before you see it on the big on you know, the big the big match. These guys might have had some multi-man matches a couple times, but they but rarely, really rare. Yeah, like I think like two or three times they've they've had multi-man matches. They've had four singles matches. All four singles matches are amongst the greatest matches of all time. That just shows you how incredible the chemistry, the artistry of these two performers are that they are on a different level when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. And this is one of the greatest in-ring stories I have ever seen from start to finish. I mean, there's just so much backstory. I mean,
2: this thing, you know, goes back...
1: Years and years and years and years.
2: And, like, this has just been Omega's, like, uh, scratch and claw to get to the heavyweight title. And then all their matches, all the stories in each of their matches kind of played out throughout this match.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, literally, like, you take Okada's... Like coming back to New Japan and his, his whole entire feud with uh, Tanahashi and the Bullet Club and becoming the ace and establishing himself and then having to overcome Naito and all these different until he becomes Okada, you know, the ace and then Kenny on the flip side. Being this independent guy from Canada and DDT and the Golden Lovers and being in Kota Bushi's shadow and breaking out, becoming uh, a Bullet Club member and, you know, kicking AJ Styles out, becoming the cleaner, the best bout machine and all the struggles and making the transition from junior to heavy and winning the G1, the first foreigner to ever do it. And then these guys meet. And it's about the, the battle for the future of the company. Who's going to carry the, the brand into, you know, to the rest of the world? Is it going, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what this has been all about all this time. And then, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, with Okada having one, one of, if not the greatest heavyweight title run in modern times, maybe one of the best of all time when you factor in certain things like quality of opposition, quality of matches, type of matches, story progression like you know what I mean and then you you take Kenny and his performances and his heartbreak from you know and then you know the the bullet club fracture and reuniting with Kota Ibushi and
2: all that builds. yeah I mean all that played into it and we saw like the opening video there of like for Omega's it was entrance excellent. Omega and Abushi. Abushi came down with like his guardian angel and like asking him if he's pre- prepared and like pulled out the Avengers line. Like, what did it cost? Yes. Like, like, everything. And we saw like the Thanos like effect on the Bullet Club logo.
1: Mr. Omega, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was emotional, dude. Yeah, it was. And then he came out with the new gear. Oh, man, and Kenny, like you said, Kenny was already
2: I don't know if he's doing keto also, but.
1: He's doing something. He's got a needle or, no, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, nah, he's straight edge. He would never do that, but uh, uh, that I know of. But Kenny just put in the work, put in the time and effort, and that guy was just on a different level. Now, I will say this. Kenny never wrestled okada with those freaking pants. <laughs> you want to wonder wh- why the outcome of the match was the way it was? The pants. Those pants. Those pants cost New Japan their ace. They caught okada, they cost you your future. I've been telling you, bro. I've been telling you. I've been telling you since the beginning of the year. Get rid of those pants. When he had the shorts, he was undefeated as champion. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Oh man, you never lost to you never lost to Kenny Omega before you had the pants on, bro. That's all I'm saying. Am I wrong?
2: No, you're right. I'm right. Thanks, Mama Kazu. Thanks, Mama Kazu. Uh, but dude, this first fall, um, um uh, Okada gets the first fall. Uh, catches
1: Omega with a, like a roll up. Uh, bro, they they wrestled like how? When was that? Thirty two minutes. Um. The first fall,
2: uh, as at 28 minutes and 40 seconds.
1: Yeah, bro. They, they went almost 30 minutes for the first fall. But, dude, once Okada won the first fall, I
2: was a little worried. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. They're going to have Okada, like, sweep this man and, like, re- continue re- running
1: the title. The thing is, um, you know, I kind of thought that Kenny was going to lose the first fall because... Uh, during the press conference, he kept Emphasizing how important it was To get the first fall mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's dropping the
2: first fall <laughs> Yeah, and then also too, like, Kaos on commentary Mentioned, like That was part of, like, him and Ibushi's gameplay And was like, take it to Omega in the first fall And, like, get that first fall Yeah, And, like, Don Kaos had, like, a great call After, like, Omega loses this fall He's just like, Okada Has to beat, or Omega has to Beat Okada Twice.
1: Twice.
2: Not once, but twice in the same oh,
0: man.
1: night. We haven't even really focused too much about Don Callis and, and Kevin Kelly. But I just want to say that they're they're this is the best match calling that they've done since I've heard them together. The whole show. The whole yeah, show. But this match this match in particular was exemplary. It was just phenomenal how good they were on the stick. Like they were so, so, so good. Yeah, and uh, what do you think about the rest periods in between falls I think it's necessary I'm most old- school wrestling promotions always have done rest you know rest periods uh in fact most wrestling promotions used to do longer rest periods what they're only like two minutes right yeah that's nothing yeah I mean I liked it too I, the, I like
2: it it makes more sense for uh you know for newer fans, they might not be used to that for two on threes. Like,
1: yeah, like in WWE, like you get the, the guy gets pinned, and then like twenty seconds later, they, right, they, right, they right. ring the bell, and yeah. I'm like, "What are they? What are you doing?" <laughs> this dude got beat. He's got to collect himself. Give him a moment. Yeah, yeah. And
2: then you go into the second fall. Uh, you know, Omega c- continues to uh, just bring the pace and. Uh, take everything he has to Okada. And again, like, I could, I don't want to go through every single move they did, but just a lot of great back and forth action here. It,
1: it's a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stuff that they've done in matches past. Like, that's the thing. Like, they mm-hmm. built upon the matches that they've done before and they, you know, had a lot of callbacks. Dude, a lot of callbacks, a lot of uh, innovative counters. Mm hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like it ever felt like just a greatest hits, you know? Oh, no. Nothing like that. Like, they were telling a, a totally brand-new story. And this match was – how do – well, I'll, I'll give my analogy at the end, actually. Okay. Because I've already got it work Like, I, I have it in my mind. <laughs>
2: so, at, uh, at fifty minutes and 10 seconds, uh, Kenny picks up the second uh, – his first fall, but the second fall of the match – uh, v trigger one wing angel, and they did a great job of selling how powerful the one wing angel is. With Okada like barely getting up during the two minute break, like he he wasn't he wasn't up and like
1: dude. So if you fans remember the very first match, the brilliance of the first match and the major story that that came out of that was how you know Kenny never hit the one winged angel in the first match, and the the whole idea was. If he hits the one-winged angel, it's over. It's over. He just never was able to get Okada in the one-winged angel. That was the main thing. So th- that whole—and st- then in the second match when he finally did hit it— Okada got the rope break. Okada got the rope break. So he he caught Kenny slipping. So, like, they've been building to this for all this time. And then he finally caught him in the G1. He finally got him with the, with the one-winged angel, and he established that, yes— if I hit you with this thing, you're done. Yeah. One of
2: the angels are like the most protected finisher right now in wrestling.
1: Yeah. I actually didn't know this, but I, I was listening to another podcast. They said that the only person that's ever kicked out of it ever is Kota Yeah. And that was like back in DDT. But once they said, actually, you know what? I did know that because I've seen I've seen the Peter Pan match, with the, <laughs> which is, that's the name, the name of the event that they wrestle at. But when they're in Budokan and yeah, I actually forgot that he did kick out of that. But at the time, it didn't seem as big of a deal to me, right? You know, uh, but nobody in New Japan's ever kicked out of it, and so um, yeah, you're right. Okada sold it like he just stayed there. Now, the was the second was the second fall the fall where they were teasing the Ibushi with the with the uh, the towel. Um, no, I think that was the third fall. Yeah, I, at one point he like jumped up. So, yeah, that was another piece of storytelling that, that... Well, let's let's go to the beginning of the third fall. So, yeah. So, the rest period is over. Um,
2: Red Shoes makes Bushi and uh, Ghetto leave the ring. And Okada immediately hits a V-trigger and goes for the One-Wing Angel for a quick win. But Okada is able to slip down and hits the Rainmaker. Which both of them go down, and they kind of, like, reset the match from there.
1: Yeah, so, like, that was, like, excellent because they made it seem like Omega was just going for the kill. As soon as the two-minute period was over, and, like, they're, like, imploring, like, Okada to get up, and he cannot get up. Yeah. And Omega's going, like, Omega smells blood. He's going for the finish right then and there. And it felt like he was about to, like, end it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, what a blow-off to a match. Like, is this going to be it? And then he catches him with Rainmaker out of nowhere. Just, ugh. Getting emotional thinking about it. Oh man, I was so, so emotional during this match. Like there are very few matches where I get emotional, and there were several in this on this night. That's why I think this night was so great. So many, so many matches got me emotional, but like this match started pulling on my heartstrings. It had that Ric Flair Vader. Like flavor, like I, I say it all the time. That's the yeah. match when I don't know why, but I watch it and I get, I get more emotional watching Ric Flair Vader than I do Ric Flair and Shawn. I don't know, I don't know why, but this match had that feel for me. Like, man, like I didn't, I was like, I want Omega to win so bad, but I did not want Okada to drop this belt. Bro, I wanted him. To-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for Kenny Omega to get this thing. And uh, you know, it's why you're talking about Babushi teasing. Uh, it really, really wasn't really like he was going to throw on the white towel. He went up there to tell him to, to
1: well, no, no, no. So I, I actually checked into this. So that's we weren't really sure what was going on. But he, he the reason he showed up with the towel was because he was checking on him right. to see if he needed to throw in the towel. Right. And then Kenny tell, told him that he was okay. And then Ibushi told him to hit the Phoenix. Bar. Yeah. And then Ibushi trusted him, which that's a callback to last year because in the last year in Dominion, if you remember, obviously we all remember it's the famous spot where, you know, Cody shows up with the white talent. He's trying to throw, you uh, know, you have, you have this guy who's a contemporary, who's part of the same team as you, who's somewhat of a professional rival. There's some jealousy there. He wants the same thing that you have, and he has the opportunity to throw in the towel. And he's trying to do it. And Kenny's like, "No, I'm fine." And Cody's like, "No, I have to." Yeah. To protect you. Yeah. To protect you, Daniel Bryan. It might be. <laughs> like all those fans who didn't want Daniel Bryan to come back to protect you. Yeah. Same thing. Um, but that's that's why like this spot that that moment with Kota Bushi is like so in- incredible because there's a lot of parallels. Now, now it's not Cody, it's Coda, you know, a guy who he screwed over in the past, a guy who could have taken the match into his own hands, yeah, and and decided the finish, and said no, you don't know what's best, but instead, their mutual respect and their trust and you know their relationship and all that, and he tells him he's like I'm good, and he has enough wherewithal. Okay, then go up there and hit the Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix splash. splash, yeah. And that, that moment I was like, Man, this is freaking storytelling.
2: Yeah, dude, amazing. And dude, the crowd was behind Kenny the whole uh, mat. the whole the, yeah, the crowd dude, was, you, was you so you have like him. a few people start going, Okada,
1: and then just Kenny, Kenny, like drowned yeah. them out. Yeah, the Kenny supporters were, were Okada had supporters, but the the Kenny supporters were just killing them.
2: Yeah. And um so yeah, a lot of back and forth going on towards the end of the match, and it all came down to Omega hitting a V-trigger, which it looked like he jumped through the freaking TV screen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was the, the sickest V-trigger of the match. And one-wing angel, and we have a new IWGP heavyweight champion.
1: Yep. There, another moment that really stuck out to me was when Kenny started hitting... Okada and Okada was no selling it and it was like Kenny has nothing on his and it was just like Dominion last year it's like he has nothing left but then all of a sudden like It was all bravado because he hit him one more time. Like, instead of folding like he did last year, he hit him one more time. And you see a little bit of a crinkle. Hits him again, another little bit of a crinkle. And then the next thing you know, like, Okada's selling. And I'm like, oh, my (laughs)
2: God. This is freaking incredible. Yeah, and then also great with um, Okada trying to hit The the one-winged angel. The rainmaker. The rainmaker. And he collapsed based off the match where Okada, I mean, Omega collapsed. And um, Okada missed the rainmaker because of that.
1: Yeah, the, the, just the storytelling was at such a high level here. Um, and then he finally beat him. And he, the, now, there was one thing that I had predicted. was I didn't say this on the show, but I was telling Jeremy. I thought I thought Okada was going to kick out of a one-winged angel at the end of the match. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I guess I'm glad he didn't, but I really did think he was.
2: Yeah, and um, they did a great job. I think it was great that they used the one wing angel for the second fall because then that put that doubt in your mind like all right he hit it once like is he really going to hit it again to be okay and he
1: beat him man yeah and then um yeah like so one of the things with this match um did you see what dave Meltzer said about this that it was like the greatest match he's ever seen yeah
2: essentially like i'll pull up the yeah i don't i don't remember the exact quote i listened to it this morning Oh,
1: you, you listened to that today?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'll pull up the quote. Um, bear with yeah, me. I don't, yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I know it was to the extent, like, yeah, this is the greatest match that he's ever seen, and that it definitely broke the scale.
1: Yeah, we don't even know what he's going to rate this. Like, what do you think he
2: is going to rate it? Dude, like, at this point, I'm expecting him just to say, like, infinite stars, like, there are not enough stars for me to rate this match.
1: <laughs> uh, so this is what Dave Meltzer said on One Nation <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, when he came on One Nation Radio. No, on Wrestling Observer Radio. He said, I'm convinced of this. I believe that I saw the two greatest wrestlers in the world today. Both have the greatest performance on the same night, in the same match, which climaxed a two-year uh, story and ended the greatest championship reign in decades all at the same time. Yeah, I mean... I mean, that's... I have to agree with him. I definitely agree with him, man. I don't know how you couldn't agree with him unless you just don't know, you know? Yeah, you're not woke. Uh, yeah, unless, like, you're someone who's just turning it on and you're hearing the hype and you're like, how good is this match? And you say, you're like, yeah, it's okay. Like, no, man. <laughs> like, that's, that match is incredible. Yeah. Um, So one thing about it, we'll get to the post-match, but I, I want to reflect on this match a little bit more. So... One reason why this match stuck out to me, aside from just everything else we've talked about, well, the work rate. Yeah. The work rate is so high. It, I mean, there's so few breaks. And when they do take breaks, it means something. But at the same time, the work not only is the work rate high, but the work is so smart. Like, they're not just doing stuff to fill time. You know what I mean? Everything meant something. Everything means something. And you would think with two out of three falls that things would mean less. Like, you would... But they just, they accomplished what you wouldn't necessarily, you know, an Iron Man match is almost an easier gimmick to work. Even, the, you know what I mean? Because yes, you have to f- fill the whole one hour, but you can do multiple falls and have everything keep going and, and build drama that yeah. way. Two out of three falls, it's like, there's only a few ways it can go. And once the first guy loses, you pretty much know what's going to happen from there after until the final fall. So, I mean, you kind of, you know what I mean? Th- that didn't matter they were able to still keep the drama keep the uh, the tension going the whole time while calling back to all their old matches but the and then the storytelling of course and the drama and just everything but one thing about it was here's here's the way I saw it so I remember when the first match came out and people were like, criticizing it because they were like it was too long Mm -hmm. a lot of people were like and it took too long in the beginning to gear up and get to the point where the exciting stuff happened basically is what they said not saying that that's an apt analysis but that's what people were saying never mind the fact that they had to follow Naito and Tanahashi (laughs) right but still you know that was a complaint that people had the second match uh, where at Dominion, Dominion last year, my, year yeah. my biggest gripe, this is my complaint, was that they spent so long working over Okada's leg when it literally added nothing to the match. It had no meaning, and it did feel like they were just filling up time to fill up time. Um, and then in the and uh, and then you know, the, I guess you could have some other small one. Other complaint, I guess one thing I thought it's not really a complaint. One thing I just didn't think booking wise made sense was having okada be the guy crawling over to beat kenny right when you're trying to build doubt to the idea of kenny could have won right i didn't like that aspect of it i i have always thought that that was a little bit of a negative drawback but other than that that match was incredible and then the third match was like the sprint that they had at the g1 and people criticize that they're like, oh, they relied to it's nothing but dragon suplexes and v triggers, triggers and drop kicks and and suplexes and rainmakers and you know people are just like oh and reverse ranas like it's nothing but that <laughs> and they thought that they worked too much like they did too, too much fast, yeah. too fast that it didn't mean as much which that might be a valid argument to some degree even though that match just rules. Where this match succeeded is that it took the best elements story-wise and action-wise from all three of those matches and combined it into this masterpiece while avoiding the pitfalls, the minor pitfalls where these six-star matches that preceded it <laughs> right. happened to have little nitpicky things here and there. They got rid of it, you know? So the whole, like, it took too long for it to build up, Gone. You know what i mean right like they kept a perfect pace to where like they didn't blow themselves up but they didn't you know they weren't working a a hold for 20 minutes or anything like that or a body part that didn't play into the story of the match they didn't do that um they didn't do you know they didn't um have like nonsensical story builds like everything that they did was, made sense. It all made sense. It all made sense. And then even when they were doing like the crazy action, it was put in the right place. Like the the placement was perfect. I I can't imagine that someone could sit there and watch this match for how long it was and then say that they were bored, say they didn't get it or, or I mean you just you don't get wrestling at that point because yeah. this is a masterpiece. That's my take on it. That's why to me I would Hopefully we see something that's as good as this, but you know, you have to factor in the build. How are you going to find a match that that with guys that that have this backstory, um,
2: guys that are in this shape, this like this much ring psychology, uh, top physical shape? Like, there's just
1: how are you going to find a build like this? Ever yeah, again?
2: like how can you, like. Who knows, maybe it's gonna take uh, years. uh Suji and uh Umora in like ten years.
0: <laughs> maybe.
2: <laughs> or like uh Oka and like Umena
1: or something like ten years from now. Maybe, I don't know. You know. <laughs> but this this was just it was so excellent, man. Uh yeah, this it it's the best match I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah, I mean I mean obviously if you're listening to this
2: podcast you've probably watched this match, but I mean, I highly recommend that you watch it again. Tell your friends that you that are um, you know are disappointed
1: with other wrestling products to watch this Dominion show. It's and watch this gonna match. be it's gonna be so hard for anything for me, not just New Japan, but anywhere in the world to, to compete topless, with this. Yeah, this is like for me. It's like, and I mean, this might sound like it's too early to say stuff like this, but like it's twenty eighteen. I don't think anything else in this whole decade. This is Match of the Decade, man. Dude, this is... That's what I'm saying. Like, this is the pinnacle... It's the pinnacle. ...of professional wrestling. Wait, uh, what do they used to say in WWE? The, uh... Oh, man, what did they used to say when the, when the logo would pop up? What, then now forever? No, I'm sorry. I, I screwed it up. Roman Reigns used to call himself this because it was like a, a callback. Uh, the premiere of sports entertainment or something like that. Well, um... It doesn't matter. Yeah, I can't I'm, remember I'm, what it I'm is. I'm not sure. Yeah, freaking it, I ruined this <laughs> this award winning podcast. No, but man, I and now I feel after reviewing the match the same way I felt afterwards. Like, what's left? Uh, we got news. <laughs> well, you should talk. Let's talk about the post match. So, okay. take your victory lap, Jeremy. Yes, so on this
2: very show last (laughs) week, I said that this Dominion show was going to end with the Young Bucks coming out as the Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, celebrating with Kenny Omega as the Heavyweight Champion. There would be a reunion, and I said that there would be some seeds planted Of Abushi kind of being jealous. Now it it didn't go down exactly like I pictured with like a Abushi like kind of looking in the background, but Abushi was staring at the IWGP title when they were all walking up the ramp. I noticed that too. He's staring at the belt. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I I just I don't know why I just pictured that moment like. The elite holding those three belts and just being back together. I agree. And yeah, and now and um you know the golden elite t-shirt we found out that was in the box.
1: Well not only that, but while they were celebrating the confetti's coming down and they're about to hand the belt to Kenny, and he pushes the belt away
2: so he can hug the young bucks. And it was a call back almost to him pushing them away when he was arguing with Ooh. Cody.
1: Oh, Jeremy, I did never even thought about that.
2: Yeah, that's awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah you're right. He pushes the belt away. There's sh- so many little things. Yeah, because obviously then he pushed him away because fighting Cody was more important. But now he pushes the belt
1: away because their friendship is more important than the belt. And so they like reconcile. They're all heavyweight champions. You got Kotobushi there. Kenny cuts an incredible promo, and then suddenly, like, Cody comes out. Right. And you don't really know what his intention is. Like, you don't – like, you're like, is he coming out here to challenge? Is he coming out here to congratulate Congratulate. Is he coming out here to – To start smoke? Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal? And then he turns around and he goes back. And so you're like, wow, that – very interesting. And then – um. Yeah, and then Kenny basically cuts promo, leaves, and then, like you said, they're they're on their way out. Uh, Kota Ibushi was staring at the IWGP title. Um, they go to the back. They, they go to the uh, post, post-fight post press conference, and Kenny just cuts an incredible promo, very, huh. very reminiscent of the promo that he cut last year after the uh, G1 special in the USA when he won the USA title. T- title. A lot like that. Like... Kenny can be very good on the mic. Bro. Oh yeah, he is. Um. So
2: yeah, that pretty much wraps up Dominion. Well, like he, let's talk about some of the yeah. stuff that he talked about. He talked about like this is the golden elite. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, this is the golden elite, but it's different from the like the elite is one thing, the golden elite is one thing, and the bull club's another thing. But we're still like I'm still leader of the bull club. Like the young boys are still in the bull club. Like. Kota's not in the book club. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but the Golden Elite, like, the, we're the Golden Elite,
1: but just me and the Young Bucks are the elite, so. They unleashed the new shirt, the Golden Elite shirt, uh, you know, basically that they're there to change the world. He gave all the credit in the world to Okada and talked about having to follow in his footsteps and then discussed, like, that, you know, he's going to be able to do what Okada wouldn't be able to do, and that's bring this thing to the world. And that you know why didn't he go the easy route? Why didn't he take the payday? Why didn't, why he... didn't he be tranquilo? Yeah, he said that, and I was which like, which seeds are planted for Omega versus Naito there? Yep, yep. And he mentioned you know that's not really my way. Um, this is my way, and he talked about you know that they're 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 there to change the world, mm-hmm. and you know this is a this is a title that Kenny didn't ever think he was gonna be able to win dude I will say this I will happily say this earlier in the year I said I didn't think Kenny was getting a title shot I didn't think he was ever gonna get another title shot or touch this belt I literally said that because and it's not that I thought he, he wasn't championship material I just thought that that wasn't the way they were going and clearly I was wrong like he's the guy yeah I don't know how and, long this towering is gonna be, like but the he's part. the guy. It's something like I mentioned at the
2: beginning of this review that this show started off with Harold mine it was kinda of like the theme of this show. At the end of Dominion, the there are only two Japanese champions left.
1: Very interesting. Takahashi and Suzuki Gun, or the junior tag titles. Well, I think we know why, because and there's been criticism from New Japan haters, like, oh they loaded up all this new North American talent because they're they're coming to North America and that's so cheap. And it's like, so Dude, they're try- Why do people like so? hate business tactics? Like, they're trying to draw. <laughs> like, they're trying to fill up a 10,000 arena. Like, why wouldn't they do? Why, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do a smart thing? Because they're used to a company that does stupid stuff. They're right. Like, they're like, oh, so they're just going to put their title on the. Uh, all the on, on, on the Gaijin. On the on gaijin. It's like, yeah. So? Like, why not? <laughs> why wouldn't they? Yeah. They're coming to America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's getting pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you think he, you think Hiroki Goto is going to put butts in the seats? <laughs> how many people? How many people you seen walking around town wearing Goto t shirts? I mean, I know I know no one's sporting <laughs> Big Mike shirts, but I mean, I think we're more likely to see people in California show up to see you know Big Mike than Goto. Right? Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I feel like. Yeah. I so you know, and I don't think all these title reigns are going to be long term title reigns. I don't think I don't think we're in the bro this is just like you know a couple months ago when people were like chaos has all the belts and I was like yeah and like a month ago Bullet Club had all the belts now they got no belts and it's gonna change it you know in a few weeks like that's just how it yeah it's cyclical yeah Wow. get used to it yeah you know but I don't know that's funny so Dominion so final thoughts in Dominion incredible phenomenal amazing
2: fantastic, terrific show from top to bottom that featured the greatest match in professional wrestling history Um, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, like pause this go watch it and come back and finish the show Um, share this with your friend, I mean I shared this I shared the main event with my brother who doesn't really watch wrestling that much and he freaking loved it, like do somebody a favor,
1: like show them this this match and this show You know, I was talking to Chris Things from uh, Grown Men Watch This. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we were talking and he was like, what did you think? And I told him that I thought it was the best show I've ever seen in my life. And he was like, well, you know, the All Japan 90s shows, you know, the big, big Noah shows from the early 2000s, like 03, 05. And I was like, yeah, but Chris, I didn't watch those shows. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was kind of young. I wasn't like I know people I know I've seen a lot of wrestling, but like I and I I've seen matches from those shows. I've seen the main events and stuff. But I've never sat down like top to bottom and watched like a nineteen ninety two All Japan like card. Like, yeah. you know? So for me, I mean, bro, this is the best this is better than every NXT show I've ever seen. This is better than every Jim Crockett show I've ever seen. Better than any WrestleMania. Better than <laughs> all the WrestleManias I've seen, including seventeen and nineteen and uh like what was the one? 30. 31. 30 and 31. I thought 31 was ex- excellent. Yeah, 31 was better, really better good. Than that. I thought it was better than... This is the best New Japan show I've seen. I thought it was better than every Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I literally did. I mean, it might not have had the same feel of importance when you got, like, you know, the New Japan Rumble and all that, which right. I love. Yeah. But top to bottom, this is the best wrestling show I've ever seen. And yeah. that is huge, huge. I, I'm like... Is this going to win show of the year? I, mean, I think it I, should. Yeah, I mean, I don't... But, you know, the people still vote for Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom so I don't know. We'll see. You
2: know, we're halfway through the year. we got six more months left. We'll, we're looking forward to our second year in awards, and we're going to be dropping some new categories. But, yeah, I mean, Dominion's definitely going to be at the top um, on the ballot for that uh, show of the year. All right, so now let's uh, wrap the show up with some news items. Um, a lot of matches were announced
1: for several different shows. You want to start with Kazuna Road, or um, what, yeah. what's coming next, Kazuna? Yeah, Kazuna Road is coming
2: up next. Um, so yeah, the full lineups for Kazuna Road or have been revealed. We've got two big matches. And there will be G1 announcements. So the G1 Climax 28 tournament announcements will be strung across all three shows. June 17th, they will announce the participants. On June 18th, we will have the block announcements. And the last show, which is June 19th, they will announce the main events for each show. So uh, here is the rundown of the cards for Kazuna Road. So on June 17th, the main event will be Michael Elgin defending the Never Open weight title against Hiroki Goto. There will be Tanahashi, Juice, and David Finley against Okada, Jay White, and Ishii. Naito, Evil, Sonata, Bushi, and Takahashi against Azuka, Taichi, Kanemaru, Desperado, and Taka. Togi Makabe, Jeff Cobb, Toa Hanare, Kushida, and Taguchi against Yano, Yoshihashi, Rocky, Rame- Rocky Romero, and Roppongi 3K. Tenzan and Narita against Ishimori and Takahashi Nagata and uh, Nakanishi against Oka and Umino And Suji and Nomura Then on night 2, June 18th Takahashi will defend the IWGP junior title against El Desperado Then we got Tanahashi, Elgin, Juice, Cobb, and Kushida Against Okada, Goto, Jay White, Ishii, and Ghetto Naito, Evil Sonata, and Bushi against Azuka, Taichi, Kanemaru, and Taka Teguchi, Toa, David Finley, and Togi Makabe against Toriano Yoshihashi, and Roppongi 3K. Tenzan and Oka against Nagata and Nakanishi. Ishimori and Takahashi against Arita and Umino. And Sushi against Umura again. And then the final night of the uh, Kazuna Road Tour, June 19th. Um, this is going to be the uh, tribute show to... Um, or the retirement ceremony for super strong machine who hasn't wrestled since 2014, he won't be wrestling on the card, but the main event will feature several strong machines, strong machine, number 69 strong machine, ACE strong machine, justice, strong machine, Dawn and strong machine Buffalo. And they'll be taking (laughs) on, um, (laughs) they'll be taking on L I J in the main event, 10 man tag. Then also on that show, there's Elgin, Cobb, Juice, and Finley against Okada, Goto, Jay White, and Yoshihashi. Ishii and Yano against Izuka and Taichi. Rocky and Roppongi3k against Kanemaru, Desperado, and Taka. Makabe, uh, Liger, Tiger Mask against uh, Toa, Oka, and Umino. And Kushida and Narita against uh, Ishimori
1: and Ujirou. Isn't there a... Show on the twenty third as well, because uh, that's that's when Hanma is making his return. I know that they're doing the three nights back to back, seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. But I think they're running other shows for for Kazuna Road.
2: Yeah, but I don't think those cards have been uh,
1: announced yet. Announced yet? Let's see here. So I do know. Um, I'm not sure who is going to be part of the Machine Gunden. <laughs> the uh, the super strong machine army, which I'm very I'm actually looking really forward to that, to because I think that that's gonna be like super, just really funny, um, but I mean, have you ever seen like the the machines? Uh, not really. So I mean, like it's kind of like. It's sort of like back in the day when like Choshu had his army it was called you know it was called Seki or you know the, there's Seki Gunnin. and then right, cuz gun means army Yep and then he had the ish, uh Ishin gun uh, which was that was uh, Choshu's army and then there's been other iterations of it over the past but there's been like tag teams with you know super strong machine like you know uh, giant machine which was like Andre mm-hmm. and like other guys that have like worn they all basically they all just wear the mask and then there's nothing else like their identities are not really all that hidden kind of like Mr. America <laughs> like you know who it is right but they're wearing like machine masks basically right. and I'm pretty sure is gonna be one of the guys <laughs> cause during one of the backstage promos he's he, gonna be machine 69 yep <laughs> <laughs> he, he said that he was calling in the. Uh, he said that uh, Super Strong Machine didn't have to worry Because he was calling in the Machine yeah. Gundon So I don't know who is going to be Lance. under But yeah it's going to be It's going to be funny
2: And I, I just checked uh, the New Japan website So there are four other Kazuna Road shows But they're not going to be on New Japan World As of right now
1: The 23rd has to be Hanma's returning well, on the New Japan World
2: schedule, they do not have anything past the 19th.
1: Oh, my God. If if they don't air Hanma's return match live... But there are the 20th,
2: 22nd, 23rd, and 24th are all Kazuna Road shows as well.
1: But they are not... They don't seem to be... It's weird that they've got the Kazuna Road shows, like, so uh, spread out this year. I don't know why they don't just do Road 2 shows and then the actual show, but that's fine. Uh, so... Yep. Uh, the other news is that Hanma is returning on June 23rd. He will be teaming up in a multi-man match um, with members of Takuchi Japan as well as uh, Akabe to take on IJ. So it's going to be a 10-tag. So look forward to that. I'm sure – I mean, I would be they, – they might not air the whole thing, but there's no way they're not going to air Hanma's return. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. There's no way. Um, and then – so we got the news on Kazuta. Road. It looks like there's uh, there's been some big matches announced for G1 Special in USA.
2: Yeah, so they announced one, two, three, four matches for the G1 Special in the USA. Uh-huh. There's going to be a special tag match with uh, Kazuchika Okada teaming up with Will Ospreay to take on Tetsuya Naito and Bushi. There's going to be the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match with Jay White defending against Juice Robinson. And there's going to be The main event of this show Kenny Omega in his first IWGP Heavyweight Championship Defense against the American Nightmare Cody, the man who beat him At Supercard of Honor mm. So the Four matches so far What do you think? Um, I think it's very interesting So far um, I'm expecting Juice To get the US title I'm not sure what they're trying to set up with the Okada and Naito tag match there um uh, expecting Omega to beat Cody I'm a little bit worried about the the
1: tag match I feel like they might You're just worried because your boys are going to lose the belts back yeah <laughs> I, I'm afraid of them you know doing a flip flop I um I'm not impressed with this card not even a little bit and I'll tell you why um they need like we've talked about it before, for them to sell this show out, they need to bring it. Now, hey, if they sell it out just based off of Kenny Omega's got the belt and people are willing to come pay to see Kenny Omega defend the IWGP title, which I don't think that's ever well, yeah, Okada defended last year, but still. Um all the power in the world to them. But I mean, we got this match. They already gave it away at Supercard of Honor. So it's a rematch of a match that While it was important, while it happened, it kind of just seemed like we breezed past it and moved on, you know? Um, And nothing on the undercard really screams to me supercard. We just got this tag match. White Robinson, while it is a good match, it screams road to show to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then the, you know, Okada and uh, Osprey against... Naito Mbushi. Naito Mbushi. It's like, okay, it's fine. Um... But I mean, we've seen that. We've basically seen that match a bunch of times this year. I mean, if I if I was in the California area, yeah, I'd probably go see it. But it's not like if I was a Fairweather fan, I would drop big money to go see this. Right. So, this worries me, and it does make me feel like: Are they really going to send t- sell ten thousand tickets on the back of Cody Kenny again?
2: They might also don't forget Young Bucks are from California and they're coming in as IWGP champions. Also, they might be walking into this match as the Ring of Honor tag champs,
1: because at best in the world, June 29th, they're facing the Briscoes. I'm just like, I, I know I've been one of the people that have said in the past, let's hold off, let's wait. But I just thought if New Japan was smart, they'd book a show. They're not this is this doesn't scream super show to me at all. Yeah. It really doesn't. So that's my concern. That's my biggest concern. So yeah, um, hopefully they do it. But I mean, dude, they they struggled to sell ten thousand tickets, or I'm sorry, six thousand tickets. WrestleMania weekend, on a weekend when there's more wrestling fans con- concentrated in on one place in, in the you know in the whole world. So I'm like, you think ten thousand people are going out to California to watch this? I don't know, man.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, there's only four matches. I'm expecting a Mysterio
1: match announcement. I don't know if there's anything else they can do. They got. Knight in a match Okada in a match mm-hmm. and Kenny Omega
2: they, they can do Mysterio Skrull
1: they can do that's not gonna draw 10, Ta- like, do you know what I'm saying I'm like, yeah. I don't think this draw 10,000 yeah I really don't I'm like unless I'm underestimating Kenny Omega and the Bucks I don't think this draw drawing 10,000 as it is that's just my opinion yeah I I feel like they they made a bad decision. Yeah, ho- hopefully uh, the observer will have an update on ticket sales this week. We'll keep you guys posted. so um and then we got breaking news today about the strong style evolved uh, shows from the United Kingdom and they this screams super show to me. This is what I would pay to go see these these cards. These cards yeah. look freaking awesome And actually
2: both of these shows are before The G1 special in USA Oh man, they, they look awesome
1: let, let, Take us through
2: it Yeah, you know. so this is a strong style UK Strong style evolved UK So uh, night one is June 30th uh, The main event is going to be The British tag champs uh, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Defending against Okada and Ishii You got one on one Osprey and Kanamaru, And there's Chris Brooks Versus Yoshihashi Walter against Yuji Nagata. Woo! Yeah, that's gonna be tight. Oh my god. Tiger Mask 4 against David Starr. That uh, that'll be good. Uh Iska, Tai Chi, and Desperado against Jay White, Yano and Ghetto. Taiji Ishimori and Yujiro Takahashi against Aussie Open, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. They're good. Yeah, we saw them in WrestleMania weekend. And then uh, Shota Umino will wrestle a wrestler that has yet to be announced. <laughs> <laughs> wonder what that means. Vacant. <laughs> uh, night 2 is July 1st. Uh, the main event, the undisputed British heavyweight champion Tomohiro Ishii
1: will defend against Minoru Suzuki. Death. If he dies, he, he dies. dies. Oh, my God. That match is going to be incredible.
2: Um, then there's going to be Okada against Zack Sabre Jr. What? Round 1. We get a we get a rematch? Yep. Oh my god. Will Osprey versus Taichi. Jay White versus Chris Brooks. That'll be good. Walter
1: versus Yujiro Takahashi. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you serious? That's a match? Yes. Walter versus Yujiro Takahashi. The
2: Tokyo pimp is gonna have his chest caved in. Oh my god. They who did he piss off? <laughs> Uh, then there's going to be Iska Kanemaru and Desperado against Yano, Yoshihashi and Ghetto.
1: Oh, that's that sounds terrible. <laughs> that literally sounds
2: awful. A uh, fatal four way: Taiji Ishimori versus Tiger Mask versus El Fantasmo versus David Starr. Oh, that'll be good. Then uh, Umino versus Nagata and Dan Duggan versus a wrestler that has yet to
1: be announced. Huh the same whoever faces umino these cards are fire dude walter bro walter and eugene to man dude i'm really i cannot wait excited for that match and then uh the bro ishii and and Minoru suzuki they're just gonna kill each other <laughs> it's gonna be awesome dude this guy walter
2: finesser of the year, bro. Yeah, man, this man's about to get a North American, NXT North American title shot. Yeah,
1: he's about to show up on an Evolve show against uh freaking Adam Cole, baby. This is nuts, man. Wrestling in 2018 is so weird. Yeah,
2: so uh, next month is a really busy period. Got these two shows, G1 Special in the USA. There's a CEO show in Daytona Beach that we're going to.
1: We got the uh, Young Lions uh, project Project. coming up in just two days. Yeah,
2: and then also um, June 29th is the Ring of Honor Best in the World pay-per-view, which will feature um, Kushida, Sonata, Evil, and Bushi on that night and the next night for the TV tapings. I
1: guess we should probably watch that, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, we have... Honor Club. Not right? the
1: Honor Club, it yeah. sucks, but we got it. <laughs> it's really trash, guys. Yeah. Not not gonna lie. But we got it, so we'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, no, the pay-per-view should be it's probably worth it just for the pay-per-views. Yeah,
2: the main event, Cody, yeah. um, and Skrull challenging Dalton Castle, triple threat.
1: So um, kind of continuing with the news. So we got G1 Climax news. So Jeremy already kind of mentioned when they're going to make the major announcements coming up. Um, earlier this week, Cody was actually asked by somebody on Twitter um, if he had – if what was the percentage that we'd see him uh, be a participant in the G1. He said 0% chance he will not be in the G1 Climax. He has outside projects that uh, will be taking up his time two days a week from now until All In that are related to All In as well as the other various things that he's doing for Ring of Honor. So he is not going to be in the G1. Hmm. For sure. I'm sure sure Rich Latta will like to hear that. (laughs) So for those of you that are kind of theorizing about your blocks right now and you can't wait, uh, you can scratch Cody off the list. He is all out. (laughs) Um, Also... If you are interested in going to the G1 Special in USA, their Access TV is doing a G1 Special giveaway for two tickets on the floor seats. Uh, If you go to their website, you can enter into this uh, giveaway until June 29th. There's still time. Um, And if you get drawn, you get flown out there and you get two floor tickets. So, um, you know, may the odds ever be in your favor. (laughs) Um, Also, earlier this week, Kota Ibushi was interviewed or he was at some sort of live event. I saw this on Twitter, and he said that at minimum, the one requirement he has for himself at minimum this year is to be the winner of the G1 climax. So I don't know if Abushi's gonna be winning the G1 climax, but there are those, yeah, who are theorizing that that will set up Omega Abushi at Wrestle Kingdom. Yep, so seeds. They're throwing seeds over here, throwing seeds over there. Sowing seeds. They're just sowing seeds, baby. Um, in other New Japan news, so a video came out earlier that, man, this week has been so dominated by Dominion. When I was going through the news, I forgot everything that happened. I was like, man, it's like <laughs> you have life before Dominion and then well, life, life after
0: Dominion.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, New Japan released a video with an exclusive look into the L.A. Dojo. Really, really well done. I think you watched that just the other day, Jeremy, right? Yeah. What was it? What was it? Uh, that was happening with shibata that made you feel like he was coming back in that video
2: well there was one part where he was talking about like why he was the trainer and he was just like you know i figured while my injuries are healing this is a way i can give to the business by training these guys so the way he said that clearly makes you sound like he believes that he is going to be healed to the point where that he could wrestle again
1: healed (laughs) yeah that's gonna be great um also, so, I heard someone say that this is official, but I haven't been able to find anything on the internet. Maybe you can kind of confirm. The Desperado and Dragon Lee mask versus mask match, is that happening or is it not happening? I don't think it's official. I mean... Uh, I heard people say it was, but I haven't seen anything confirmed. I think people are just going
2: off the Dragon Lee tweet. Okay. But, I, I mean... I haven't seen anything from New Japan. I haven't seen anything from New Japan. I haven't seen anything in the Observer... Um, and it, a lot of my ultima, other multiple sources that I check and Your various up, sources. My various sources, I haven't heard anything um, about this mass versus mass match being official.
1: Uh, so. so we'll keep you guys posted. Also, uh, Desperado and Kanemaru, as you know, are going to be on the Strong Style uh, Evolved UK tour, which they just got added to it. Also, the tickets for the meet and greet. Uh, say uh, t- the meet and greet sessions that they're going to be doing are the tickets for that are now on sale as well. So if you're in the, that area of the UK, you might want to get those. The free match of the week this week is Tatsumi Fat Fujinami taken on Super Strong Machine from April 18, 1985. <laughs> so if you want to, you know, kind of catch up on Super Strong Machine and see what what the buzz is about. Yeah, before the retirement ceremony. Free match 18. of the week. Brush up on your history. It's good for you, trust me. Also, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling alumni, and uh, one of the most infamous characters in that company's history, uh, Naoya Ogawa, is going to be retiring in October, which he's associated with infamous moments like January 4th, 1999 in the Tokyo Dome, which, um, you know, we when we think of January 4th, 1999, we think of, like, the finger poke of doom, and, <laughs> and we think of mankind winning the world title. Well, oh, yeah. over in Japan, there was other stuff happening just, all, all, literally almost just as infamous uh, but Ogawa, you know, he was Inoki's boy, former uh, 1992 Olympian, I think he was a silver medalist in judo, I could be wrong but uh, he is going to be retiring in October so that's pretty uh, newsworthy important historical figure and then um, those of you who've been keeping track I don't know if you've seen but uh, Luck Fale is uh, currently losing weight and he's down 48 and a half pounds Man getting ready for G1. He is getting weight, ready for G1, and he looks great. Not only has he lost weight, but he's putting muscle so on. So, yeah, it's like the best I've seen him in he's years. He's probably on keto, too. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, we got some all-in news. So, just as uh, Jeremy uh, confirmed earlier on the show, Don Callis is all-in. He's going to be on the broadcast booth, which I'm assuming that means he'll be partnering with somebody. Right. Um, but Don Callis being all-in leads you to believe it we're getting this thing broadcast no news has come out but that's the only indicator I mean why have a broadcaster broadcaster, unless they're just going to release it on DVD uh, PWG style um, the Golden Elite shirts that just came out uh, this past week set a record for uh, the most shirts that they've ever sold in a 24 hour period for pro wrestling tees so congratulations on the bucks and uh, you know all the elite on just making more money than you already had that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) And uh, congratulations to the Marks that bought those shirts. <laughs> I bet you're going to buy one, aren't oh, you? Oh, of course I am. <laughs> oh, um,
2: that and the V-Trigger shirt.
1: Also, very, very interesting. So, uh, you know, they had uh, Cody's Golden Ticket uh, promotion where Team um, Friend Zone took on MJF and Madison Rain and the winners become all-in. Well, they announced earlier this week that... MJF and Madison Rain are all in, which so means, means Flip loss. Flip is out, according to their you know stipulations. If they're going to stick this stipulation, he is not part of all in. I'm assuming he'll find a way oh, to show. Yeah, I still, I'm still hope, holding that hope that he wins the NWA belt. I really don't want to see Nick Aldis versus Cody. We'll see. Maybe if Cody loses at the pay per view, and then Aldis like, I don't want, I'm not going to defend the belt against you. Yeah. That's one way they could do it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Did you see Tomatonga's tweets this week? Yeah. FTE. FTE. And it does not mean forever the elite. (laughs) (laughs) And he also posted a. I got uh, your one sweet right here. Yeah. I got your two sweet right here. He said I I got your one sweet. Oh, one sweet. Yeah. And it's two two bone hands giving the middle finger. So uh, that sounds like there's some heat there. I mean, we've talked about it in the past, but I'm like wondering, that's the only thing that is compelling about Cody and Kenny to me right now is, is like the cow pal show going to be the end of the Bullet Club. Yeah, maybe. Um, on that note, let's talk about the latest episode of being the elite, the elite, the the, the,
2: the elite, elite.
1: Break it down. Um, My empire of dirt. So did you catch this new
2: episode? Yes, I did. Um Marty's girl has lost Flip Gordon.
1: Oh yeah, he lost.
2: Yeah,
1: is Marty and Flip take <laughs> Japan.
2: Japan? He got <laughs> he got Flip drunk against the Young Buck's orders and. Did they tell him not to get him drunk? Yeah, they said that you know this is Flip's first time in Japan. He's never drank alcohol before. Don't let him drink alcohol. I don't remember them saying that. They, they texted him that. Oh. And he was reading the text and he was like, Oh. Anyway. <laughs> It's like, Flip, you're so tense. It's like, you need you need to have a drink. Here, drink this. So, yeah, like, Flip was, like, you know, lap dancing and all these, like, girls in the restaurant, and apparently just, you know, having a wild night, and then...
1: That's what it was like when we were in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Flip, calm down, bro. Uh, no, I was like, hey, Flip, hey, sir, how are you? <laughs> hey, Mr. Flip. Hey, oh. hey Mr. Flip. <laughs> Uh, you gonna be all in <laughs> you come on our podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway so yeah. So, uh, yeah so flips lost in Japan apparently um, I I think there was some updates with uh, the murder case with Joey Ryan yeah um, you know they're,
2: they're accusing Stephen Amell and um, Joey Ryan's hot wife was like you know why would Stephen Amell do this and um
1: Joey Ryan's Hot Wife. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, What I found very interesting. Was when Jericho showed up on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they started talking about how, like, they idolized one another and it'd be awesome if they could team together. Yeah. And then they're like, but we could never do that on soil. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, because we work for different companies. He's like, yeah, you work for the Bullet Club and we work for or the
2: Alpha, Alpha Club, Club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is kind of like a, a little wink and a nod to WWE and Ring of Honor. Yeah. And like, but we could never team on soil. So I'm like, oh, they're going to do a team like they're going to team up together on the uh on the Jericho cruise. Oh, you didn't get that? No. Oh, that went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, you should see <laughs> Jeremy's face just now. He didn't get that crap. Yeah. It literally like it just dawned on him. Like I, li- yeah. we haven't talked about this, so this is a totally new thing, bro. Your face, you were, you didn't get that. That's what they're talking I mean, about. No, I was like, why are they saying this? Like, dude, that because they're not gonna be on god, soil. They're gonna be on the cruise. Oh, oh my, my god, gosh. you idiot! <laughs> wow. Oh man. But then he also was like talking about all in and like what waiting for his invitation. And I was like, yeah, where is Jericho's? I don't think he's going to be all part yeah. of it. But uh, also, um, Cody talked uh, uh, earlier this week about how, like, they have uh, their final cards, like, set. And he has info gra- graphics of other performers that they haven't even announced it that will be all in and that they're going to be dropped earlier later this week. Nice. So we got more performers coming, apparently, and more announcements. Aside from that, um the big story of the show was the Golden Elite t-shirts. The Golden Elite was in the box. Well, yeah, yeah, you were you were almost right. You you thought maybe it was new gear, but it was yeah. it was a t-shirt for their whole group together. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Um I'm just I'm I'm glad to know it's in the box at this point. Finally. Finally. Jeez. Um the other thing too, I thought the most interesting part of the show was Cody. Oh yeah,
2: he he wrote the letter saying Kenny is the leader of the Bullet Club. He got a cleaner. Is weight. that what it said? I'm pretty sure that's what it said. He, he was said, just,
1: to me, I maybe I was only paying half attention, but he was reading the, the lyrics from Hurt by Johnny Cash. Yeah. And by Nine Inch Nails originally. But yeah, the note said, Kenny,
2: you are the true leader of the Bullet Club. Oh, it did. Yeah. And he had the cleaner weight belt and like
1: a bottle of like champagne. Yeah because um during the press conference Kenny actually invited Cody to the after party. Uh, to the after party to celebrate with them, which I I was like oh it's like so now they're like starting to tease maybe they're going to squash this, but I don't think they're going to squash it. I think they're maybe they will. Maybe they will, but I don't know. They 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 squash it before. I think it's time to blow blow the crap up. Blow it up. Yeah. So very but yeah, uh, Cody got to the door. He had the note, he had the champagne, he had the belt and then couldn't do it, and he yeah. <laughs> dropped the belt, crumpled up the note, crumpled up the note, and he walked away. And I bet you he down that whole bottle of champagne by himself. <laughs> uh, and uh, I thought that was the most interesting that happened on. I mean, was there anything else that really happened on the show? Uh, Jay Lethal. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> um, trying to figure out what's wrong with him. Yeah, we saw Jay yesterday. I was too scared. I wanted to uh, to do the hey Jay, how you doing? <laughs> but I got scared. Yeah, I wanted to tap him on the shoulder and be like. How you feeling, Jay? <laughs>
2: yeah, but I just went up to him, shook his hand, told
1: him I was a big fan. Yeah, I gave him a light, a light handshake. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, it's just a mark. <laughs> um, oh my god! And then finally wrapping up, so we got news outside of New Japan. So there was an announcement made that uh, the New Day. So it started off with a challenge from um, Xavier Woods to Kenny Omega for a matchup in Street Fighter Five. Um, at E3, and then the the challenge became The New Day, taking on Kenny Omega and his choice of partners, and then after he won the title and reunited with the Bucks, we're now getting The Elite versus The New New Day, Day, which is a few that's been building for a long time Yeah, they teased this years, for you know, over a year ago, and um, what was interesting to me was WWE referenced this on their website and mentioned Kenny Omega as a New Japan Pro wrestler, and the IWGP champion,
2: and yeah, they mentioned the Young Bucks as the IWGP Tag Champions.
1: And in the past, they only mentioned him as independent wrestler Kenny Omega. Yeah, <laughs> independent wrestler Kenny <laughs> Omega. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's like, what does that even mean?
2: I, it's just for Xavier Woods, up, up, down, down game channel.
1: No, but I mean, what does it mean that like? Oh, that they reference
2: referencing it.
1: Yeah. They, they
2: go back and forth on that because uh, for uh, for a
1: long time they were referenced for
2: Anderson every- for Anderson and Gallows they called them I W G P tag champs yeah and like an N X T they showed like Nakamura's like I W G P stuff so yeah they go back and forth it's dude it's what how our Vince is feeling in the morning
1: yeah also they they did a, a video um, showing with uh, the the young Bucks sitting there with Fat Massa talking about the challenge that was laid out to them and uh, Matt was like he's like oh, You guys want a challenge? He's like, because we're pretty good at Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition. <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, it's, it's Street Fighter 5. He's like, it's the same game. <laughs> it's not at all. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Um, let's talk about CM Punk. I don't think he's all in, man. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Um, So, you know, he had the lawsuit this past week, which was super interesting. He got the W there, but he he did not get the W at UFC 225. Or what I like to call the shoot-style wrestling uh, promotion, the UFC. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, uh, we went and saw. um, I went to Wing House. I I caught the fight, him and uh, Mike Jackson. I don't have to really get into it, but he did not win. (laughs) And I'm guessing his MMA career is most likely over. Or if it does continue, it will not, not be on in UFC. UFC no. Um, which probably should have never been in the first place. He should have been fighting in amateurs, if at all, right. to begin with. Um, yeah, but with that, so it's interesting because there was an uh, interview earlier this week, and he was like, "Well, you know, no one's given me an offer." He was like, no one has come to me and said, "We here's the offer, here's who we want you to wrestle, here's the show, yada, yada. So it made it sound like he was open to the idea. And then the next day he was like, no, I've got so many messages. I want to reiterate, I'm done, done, done with wrestling. I I'm i not a wrestler. I will not be wrestling. I'm not going to be involved with wrestling in any capacity. And I'm like, all right, Jericho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you think he's working? I mean, um or you think he's gonna be involved with all in, in some capacity? Cause the rumor is he is that the he rumor
2: is? is that he is confirmed for a segment, segment yeah at all in so he's definitely gonna be involved in the pro wrestling business somehow, but as far as a match, I don't I don't know if he'll be wrestling at all in or if he'll ever wrestle ever again but
1: yeah, I don't know so that's I mean, I mean he could easily get a big payday doing it so and will not be embarrassed so. Yeah, I think he should come back. Um, uh, In other news, Shane Hurricane Helms is going to be making his debut for Ring of Honor, which I think is really, really awesome. Um, He's going to be basically, uh, he's going to be on their state-of-the-art shows that they're running in Texas. Yeah. um, My
2: buddy um, Cam Evans, he's seen um, Hurricane recently on some indie shows, and so this guy can still go. So, you know, it might might seem kind of weird that Hurricane Helms, like, you might not think he can go, but he's always been, like, an underrated guy, and so
1: that should be a nice little uh, thing for the Ring of Honor shows. So glad to see that uh, Shane Helms will be there. Um, Let's talk about Alex Shelley. So Alex Shelley is injured, um, and it was bad. So during a recent Ring of Honor taping, um, he collided heads with Frankie Kazarian, and he lost teeth, and he has a concussion, and he... Like he got hurt, uh, he tweeted out. He said, "Long story short, my teeth got knocked out alongside a concussion that made me time travel, and it all goes to hell from from here. Never been so hit so hard in my life. I might add, there are chunks of teeth stuck in my mouthpiece, which is fight grade. If I didn't have that, I would be getting emergency surgery right now." Um, he said, "Like when things like this happen, freak occurrences." Uh, I can't help but wonder if I'm just being stubborn and not reading the signs. It's heart rendering and depressing, but it's also my current reality. So not only like Alex Shelley's making it sound like he's going to retire. Maybe. Yeah. He So uh, he said there's no therapy for concussion and missing teeth. Yeah. Basically. So... Um, I don't know what that means, you know, so we'll see. Uh, I hope he gets better. You know, this yeah. is the risk that these guys take every time they put their bodies on the line. Right. Um, earlier this week, Seth Rollins tweeted out that he was hanging out with Juice Robinson and put put the guy over huge. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Juice was um, showing him his late night cardio routines.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, I think Seth Rollins is known for some of the, the late-night cardio as well. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty interesting. But, yeah, he tweeted yeah, out. They were burning the town down. Tweeted, yeah, burn it the town! <laughs> uh, just tweeted out that, you know, he's hanging out with him, one of the best talents in the world, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it's really great. Uh, Y2J was actually just interviewed uh post-Dominion... Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about like his, his... Post-Dominion promo. That excellent promo about taking the belt with him everywhere he goes. Buying a first-class plane ticket so the belt could sit next to him. Yeah, this this guy's on a different... And he thinks he's a 10-time champion. <laughs> he literally thinks he's the 10-time Intercontinental Champion. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but he talked about... They asked him about what Vince, Vince McMahon thinks about him working with New Japan, and he was like, well, you know, the first time there was a lot of uh, support... When I told him i was going back uh not as much support but it was like i was allowed to do it uh he's like and i'm just waiting for one of these days when i get that phone call telling me i'm not allowed and then that will be it he's like so until that time this is different for me and this is really fun and i'm gonna keep doing it you know as long as it works out so apparently they know about it but he said that he's still with wwe ultimately at the end of the day and if they give him the call he's done Hmm. Interesting, huh? Yeah. And then the last bit of news. So we talked about Impact and New Japan last week and all the stuff going on in the world of wrestling. Impact just did their press conference for Slam anniversary and they used New Japan footage for uh, Taiji Ishimori. Hmm. Which is just another another like little small like indicator 20, 2018s wild I know you got you got WWE referencing the IWGp champion on their website you got uh, impact <laughs> using a uh, using their footage during press conferences and it's just leading me more and more to think that there's some sort of potential working uh, relationship between these companies uh, did you have anything else Jeremy no I think it's I'm ready to wrap it up take us home
2: so uh, before we go, also make sure you guys You check out our friends at uh, com. Our podcast is featured On there along with the Loudmouth Wrestling Podcast Also on their front page Right now they have a great post uh, What to watch from the best of Super Juniors 25 From at Jana Plus com next week we'll be back with Lionsgate Project 13 and uh, Kizuna Road coverage also uh, Best of the Super Junior t-shirt concert co- contest winner I'm still working on calculating who the winner is I'm sorry about that with Dominion and UFC and all wow. the craziness of this weekend uh, I did not get a chance to finish calculating totals of all the brackets that we had coming in so it will be my goal to get that done this week. So next week we will announce the winner of the free T-shirt contest. So you know, do some prayers and hope hope it's you. Uh, make sure you connect with us on social media on Twitter. I am at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at Ki Strong Style. Uh, you can follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex facebook.com slash social suplex join our facebook group the wrestling squared circle facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling squared circle on reddit josh is keeping it strong style i am the pro black guy make sure you check out all our other shows on the network one nation radio and one nation live hosted by rich latta we have ricky and clive with the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show All the way from Scotland They just had a great NXT special episode last week Check that out We got The Outsider's Edge with Rance and Carl And we have our independent podcast Independent wrestling podcast Men Watch This Shit Hosted by Chris Lings and jeremy tate aka james vanderbeek and they just had jonah rock
1: on their yeah, podcast check that out if you guys aren't familiar with jonah rock uh, he is jonah rock of uh, melbourne city wrestling fame and he's blowing up he just made his debut and he's already in the title picture over in pwg he's one of those dudes where like you don't want to be the guy who doesn't know about him a year from now because He's the next Keith Lee. He's the next Walter. He's the next Matt Riddle. He's he's the guy. I'm telling you right now, and it's really cool that they were able to get him on our uh, podcast network. Yeah. And, and if you and it's a great it's a great listen. If you haven't checked it out, check out Chris' show. Like I'm telling you, that show is awesome. Yeah, and, and I'm I don't just put stuff over.
2: Like, <laughs> it's good. It's good. And uh, make sure you stay subscribe because we are working on putting together some more interviews for the Social Suplex Podcast Network. In the archives, we already have interviews with guys like Troy Hollywood and the international superstars, Joey Osborne and Blanco Loco, working on bringing you some more exclusive interviews. So make sure you subscribe on the podcast app of your choice to the Social Suplex Podcast Network and leave us a rating and review. So, until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang.
0: Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.
2: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.